You have just entered the Katie Ma Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to episode 294 of the KB Mod Podcast. It is September 24th, 2017. As we we're just barreling through 2017, just like we're in a, yeah. one of those Mad Max vehicles with full plated armor and machine guns on it, man. I, I can't get over how fast this year has gone, but it is a wonderful, wonderful cast today. We have Brandon returning from his, I think on the cast last week, we said 636th wedding mm. that uh, you had attended mm-hmm. this year we were yeah. trying to round out how many yeah, we're trying to do it, the it, math on your weddings it, per second yeah it, it struck me that like i don't know if i've ever met anybody who's had to go to more weddings who's gone to more weddings than brandon uh but it might just be it might just be a busy year for for you which is which I is mean, possible yeah but. i think uh we're at we're at like four this year maybe three or four last yeah, that's, year that's a lot in a year like last year was actually even more so this year was Dude. this year is like a down year. <laughs> wow! That's like I go to one, I go to one. I went to one in LA for like a quick thirty-six hours, like stint turnaround, and I was like, I wasn't even in it, and I was like, I think wow, man. I, there, 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 are some weddings. So because Hillary and I both went to like the same college and had some of the same friend group, yeah, we have true. we have sort of this group of friends where, like, I if it if we weren't together, I would never, mm-hmm. I would definitely not get invited. And maybe like mm-hmm. she, she might be like a fringe invite for some of these people, but because we're together, we're like right. a, we're like this power invite because the plus one has value. Right? Uh, so it's okay. like they get to they get to kill two birds with <laughs> we're one a stone. Power invite. That's so good. Yeah, it's no, it's like right, it's though. an efficient invite as opposed to someone who's going to mm-hmm. bring a plus one that nobody knows. Yeah. So I Ooh, feel like right. that probably right. plays into some of some of our invitations. Is like we're because because both people would know us or like one of them would know both of us. We end up getting right. invited, whereas I mean, there have definitely been more that we've gotten invited to because of Hillary, as opposed yeah. to because of me. So mm. that actually makes that makes that's a lot at of least sense. that's my guess because my my wife is like very outgoing, very you know very friendly. Mm-hmm. She has like a pretty big friend group, so yeah, I, that uh, yeah, I think that's part of it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, it's good to good to have you back. Any more weddings on the horizon before the end of the year? Because we're getting to the end of twenty seventeen. Nope. Here. Nope. But no we more. got we already got two on the docket for next year. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. The one, the one okay, thing so I do. Let's, let's do the last three years because you did more than four last year. So yeah. you've gone to how many was it last year? Five, six. Last year was uh, yeah. Last year was I think one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five last year. So you've done nine in the last two years, and you already are booked for two more. So yeah. we're talking about eleven weddings in three years. That's a it's, it that's is a, a lot. lot. It is a lot. That's crazy. It's wow. yeah. It is just wow. it's that God I feel bless. like it's that time. It's sort of that time of of your life where everyone everyone we knew in college or whatever, like all of them are getting married in in this like three four year time span. Yeah. But then I think we're kind of on the downswing. So we'll, okay. yeah, we'll see. But you know what? The one thing I do love about weddings, though, mm. is that they're planned Tricky. really far in advance. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Yes. Like, I have yeah. no problem yeah. going to your wedding if you invite me like a year beforehand. Like cool. a long time before. If, I can, if right. I can plan for it, you know, a year, a year in advance or whatever and not worry about like it conflicting with anything, great. That's the one thing I like about weddings is that even people who are forgetful or normally aren't planners everyone knows you have to plan your wedding super early in advance. Right. And that's yeah, the only reason we've been able to go to so many is because, mm-hmm. you know, people have been real diligent about 
inviting us early. So right. okay. as, as a planner, I appreciate that. There you go. Well, real quick, boys, what's the over under on Brandon for next year? I'm going to say, <laughs> so he says he has two planned already. And he thinks it's going to be a down year, but I think it could be surprise. I still think he's going to, so over or under four. What do you guys think? I think that's a fair, mm. like, like four, you know, I, I get the idea that sometimes when Brandon is like walking through airports in between his flights, people are just approaching like, hey, man, I'm having a wedding going on. You look like a guest that would be a, a great addition. It's like, what if yeah, he's like, wait, hold on. I, I, would you possibly have a wife who would then make you a power <laughs> couple a slash power, power invitation? Power <laughs> like, well, actually, yeah. Oh, man. Please take this invitation. <laughs> okay, so over under four, though, uh, KB. Go first, because we'll remember this for next uh, year. I mean, if you have two planned right now, I think four is the reasonable estimate. Where, okay, like you've so got you're, some, you're going right at four. So, so yeah. you're going to take the four. You're just going to take four, oh, four. on the on four the dot. Okay, four sounds right. All right. Then what about you, Yang? What would you yeah, say? I was gonna I was gonna call spot on too, but I'm gonna okay. I, I, but I'm gonna change it up just for the sake of diversity. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. I'm gonna say under. I'm gonna I imagine three. I'm gonna okay. Think okay. Next year. And I'm going to say three. Two. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say three. I think you'll do three next year. You might yeah. get one I, more. I think both of. I think you're safe on the under, because mm. like mm. four, getting two, getting two new weddings in in 2017, like yeah, I think that's uh, a that's a stretch. But I but I don't know because given these past two years, I would not have guessed as high as they ended up being. So we'll see. We'll see. Three feels gotcha. like a safe bet. All right. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, it's good to good to have Brandon back. And again, like you said, no more no more weddings uh, for the rest of the year. So it's got to feel. I mean, you put your time in, man. That's a lot of a lot of travel yeah. for weddings. So it is. It is. But you know what? I mean, a lot of these weddings though have been a lot of fun. The one we just came yeah. back from was uh, yeah. was two of Hillary's really good friends, um, mm. and it was back in Austin. So you know, it was like mm. we got to we got to roam around uh, our old college campus. You know, we both went to UT mm. Austin. So we, we walked around there a little bit, kind of did some work from like a coffee shop right near campus and uh, had some really good Tex-Mex food and just like a, a really good weekend all around, um, you know, seeing a lot of people we hadn't seen in a little while and and uh, and celebrating two good friends of ours. So it was it was a lot of fun, like a really, really fun one of those weekends where you're glad that, you know, you're glad that they decided to have a wedding, you know, and do something where they invited a bunch of people. Because some people either can't afford it or just don't want to do something big. And, um, and it's like, it's a nice chance to, like, I actually told someone at the wedding, it's nice that we have, that we've had friends getting married because that is the only time I see some of these people. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of these people that I knew and was maybe really close to in college or, you know, kept in touch with during college or whatever. Um, I just would never see them ever again in person except for a wedding. So, yeah. That's it's, good. Yeah. So there's definitely, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely, like you said, I'm not saying that like you're over there miserable the entire no, time. It's no, just no, no, but it's, but yeah, it's like, travel. it is, it is actually kind of nice though when they're spaced out because we yeah. went to a few of these weddings we've, we've gone to, I've seen the same people who I wouldn't normally mm-hmm. see again, except for weddings. And we see right. them like two or three times inside of a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love, you know, I love seeing these people, but also once the weddings run out, like we're never going to hang out again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right, right. Well, that's good all right well i mean katie's i don't know if you have any weddings coming up but uh uh no I, I'm, 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 I'm just realizing from this point i have a really good resource for any questions i have in regards to attending friends weddings because brandon 
Well, you're, you're basically a veteran at this point with how many weddings you've gone to, you know, attending yeah, yeah. as a friend or yeah. um, a power. What was it? A uh, power, power invite, power, invite. power, power invite. So that's good. You no, know, if I think too far off and I think about, you know, someday I'm going to have a wedding sure. and I would consider whether or not to invite Brandon and think like, oh, I mean, oh. do I really, you know, know him that well enough? Now I feel like I would be doing a disservice of not inviting him. That just be <laughs> another wedding to add to. The, Absolutely. Uh, spreadsheet of weddings, like, and I just want to make that larger. And that was, yeah. I don't want to deny you that privilege. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Hey man, you, I mean, again, I don't know. You make sure to invite people that you know are going to give a decent gift. And so, That's true. I mean, I yes. mean, of all the people yes. you could invite, like, look, you could definitely do a lot worse <laughs> than me. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Gosh. But yeah, I'm at that age now where, like, a lot of my friends are engaged and weddings are like, in the yeah. next two or three years, they're really going to start hitting. So yeah, yeah, you're going to be in that same uh, same kind of area. So, all right, uh, what what all what have you been up to, Katie? And also, we've got uh, the lovely, the now basically just staple on the cast, Yingity Yang, back with uh, us again again this week, man. Good to have staple you. Doesn't do him, staple doesn't do him justice. That's that's such, that's a, that's such a pedestrian word. It is pedestrian. We need something else. Um, our glor uh, our glorious leader. Oh Yang my god! Yang. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you literally went from like one end of the spectrum to the other on the, on the other. Yeah, yeah. A glorious um, leader Kim Jong Ying. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You need, you need that Photoshop. Oh no! That's, um, oh, yeah, I love a pillar. That. Okay, a pillar. That's better. Pillar is a more positive. P- a pillar. Oh, let's see. That's a very flattering term. That's very nice. That's good. No, but uh, but yeah. Either yeah. What's uh, what's been going on? Uh, well, Brandon talked a little bit that his wedding was good. But what what happened with you guys? Anything exciting this week that that well, went down? Grinding. Go ahead, Katie. What happened with Wendy's? I can hear it. Nothing, <laughs> nothing happened, happened with Wendy's. Thankfully, oh, okay. no. Okay. No. Unfortunately. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, I, I think I might've talked about it before, but I was called on to attend jury service. Yes. Which is, mm-hmm. would be tomorrow at eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's a very unpleasant time for me. Mm-hmm. Because I usually don't wake up until about nine or 10. Mm-hmm. So, and on top of the podcast lasting uh, this late on top mm-hmm. of my sheer lack of desire to participate in jury service, it's uh it sucks. But you know, I'm happy. I'm happy to. Is we, anybody, any officials watching? I'm happy to serve my country. <laughs> wait, 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 my wait, civic duty. Yeah. Happy to no. do what needs to be done. No, I can't do. It. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> didn't go too oh, far. The Zoom. Oh, <laughs> Why is it stopping my Zoom? It'll only go three times. Dang. What you. happened? What um, a sham. Sorry. In the, uh, audio again, I was messing with my. There's Zoom. no way you make it onto the jury with camera skills like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They wouldn't let me even near the building. Full disclosure in the pre-show, not that, um, again, I won't incriminate anybody too much, but I, you know, Katie Zen was saying that he's just so excited about the straight duty, and I was saying, well, you know, um, there are ways possibly to not be selected, of course, but you still have to, of course, answer honestly. uh, But, you know, maybe some of your honest answers would uh, disqualify you. So we were just kind of brainstorming. Uh, some stuff uh, there, but uh, we'll see what happens, Katie. Let's, uh, you know, they'll have to let us know how it goes. Maybe you might just yeah. be too, too, um, too much of a succulent uh, choice for them to resist. Um, are you going to wear the like that anime shirt that you or, or that <laughs> Sonic shirt that you were? We're yeah, talking about what you should it. wear to possibly uh, <laughs> yeah, to, to qualify yourself. 
yeah, to like get interest, like, you know, sheer, like get that. Let's not let this man in our courtroom. Like I've got a, a shirt with a waifu on it that says mm-hmm. like, I love Japan club in Japanese that has like a, a geisha holding a sign. That'd be a good shirt. I have like a Sonic and shadow doing an anime pose on their shirt with some Japanese Sonic the Hedgehog I got like years yeah. and years ago, but Hey, listen, I listened to the rules over the hotline and the uh, dress code did not say that anime t-shirts were not welcome. It said dress appropriately, yeah. mm. but uh, just said, you know, no, I mean, I'm not going to go in like t-shirt and jeans, but right. I have to guess though, that they, that, that they did assume they didn't have to put no anime t-shirts that appropriately <laughs> covers <laughs> anime t-shirts. And they were like, we don't need to write that. Right. So there's a <laughs> no lot of room for up. subjectivity oh. in the phrase dress appropriately. <laughs> right. Exactly. You should but yeah, get, we'll see how it goes. You know, yeah. worst case scenario. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, worst case scenario, I get found in contempt of court and I'm in jail for 20 days. <laughs> exactly. But, you know. worst, yeah. worst case scenario. That was the worst case, yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah, keep us, keep us updated. Keep us abreast of your, uh, of your situation. I sure. will. Hopefully uh, I'll be here for the cast next week. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's literally <laughs> put in jail. Oh boy! If you could let me get on Slack in jail, it's like, hey guys, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna make it. Not gonna make it this week. God, yeah. like, well, how are you gonna do the blurb? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Well, you got that going on. Well, good luck. 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Um. Yang, what about you? How's your week? How's your week been? It's been fine. Uh, we're just sort of uh, keeping up with work. There's a couple of things we're finalizing mm-hmm. before our new exhibition season. Mm-hmm. Uh. So it's just been a, it's just been a lot of finalizing a couple of things in, in my department at the museum, but okay. otherwise it hasn't been, I haven't been doing too much. It's just basically as same as last week. I've been coming up from work, playing games. Yep. Uh, I did manage to stream today, which was that's, a nice change. Awesome. Yes. Oh, you're up to, what did you say? Was it 22 or what were yes, you up we to? Have, uh, we've raised, uh, someone might have to correct me on the exact number. But we're at like uh, 2,220 oh. some odd oh. dollars raised for Extra yeah. Life. Um, and that's not including yet the, uh, the payout for um, any of the affiliate revenue, which I'm also donating to Extra Life. I think nice. there's currently $200 that I'm awesome. waiting on. Um, and then the other exciting part is that we've officially passed enough subscribers that I'll be, I'm, I will qualify for my affiliate payout at the end of every single month. So we'll be reliably sending at least $100 to Extra Life every month now. Awesome. That is awesome. That's, that's, that's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been super successful the past couple of days. So it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. Well, there you go. Continuing to just, I don't know, again, Yang, like you, you're making me the urge to, to resist you physically. So difficult. <laughs> I'll see you at TwitchCon. You're going to come through my computer. <laughs> I, will, I am. I'm just going to, dude, I'm going to poltergeist right through your screen and just, <laughs> just... Uh, just give you a smooch. But um, yeah, no, it's awesome. It's awesome to see the Extra Life stuff going great. And um, yeah, we love having you on the, on the cast. Uh, I, uh, so I, last night, I mean, nothing too, too crazy this week, um, but uh, last night I finally saw, um, went and saw It in theaters, which I've been wanting oh, to see that's for right, a while. Yeah. Uh, it's like my favorite, one of my favorite books of all time, and definitely my favorite Stephen King novel. I was, I'd heard that it was a really good adaption and um, had gotten good reviews. So um, went uh, with my dad and my brother. Uh, but there was a couple, couple major mistakes that we that we made um, mm. when going when when going to the theater. And again, I don't go to the movies super often anymore, so I should have should have maybe thought about this. But um, the the first mistake we made was. Uh, the theater that we picked is kind of in an area that's notorious for being very um, Delco. And if you don't live in the Philly area, I don't know really how to describe Delco, except 
people that are very loud and it's very it's 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 kind of like a kind of it's not like quite like Philly mentality because it's outside of Philly, but you know, it's just people that generally just don't have any uh, volume control. And you might say, well, Scott, you'd fit in there perfectly. And I do. I do fit in there. But also, they don't know how to turn off their uh, their loudness. And then you couple that with the fact that we went at 730. And as I was walking up to the theater, I saw teen after teen being dropped off by their parents. And I was like, they surely wouldn't oh, be going to see no. the R-rated it, would they? Oh, and uh, no. of course they would. So get into the theater. And again, this is, I mean... They've got recliners and all the seats. It's a pretty nice theater by by all means. But I already, once I sat down, it was very, very apparent that, you know when you can just tell the buzz in the theater? Like, you know what the normal volume level is going to be? Sure, there's people some talking during the previews. But this was more so than I was even used to. I was like, okay, guys. Like, the movie's starting. Oh, my God. The entire movie, there was a group of teenagers in front of us, an entire row, Cell phone. I'm I'm seeing their cell phone lights. They are talking. They are audibly talking. I I'm having trouble focusing on the dialogue. This is like the oh. first like 35, 40 minutes of the film, dude. And so it took everything. And I mean, and, and people to to everybody's credit, we were like telling them to shut. Like people were telling them to shut up. Like they were um, okay, next yeah, to me. Yeah. yeah. And but I also didn't want to get up and go get an usher because then I'm like missing the movie. You know what right, I mean? Like I didn't want right. to miss even though. So anyway, that was super annoying. But can I just say, if, if you and again, I understand teenagers are going to be teenagers, but what? Why would you go? And again, maybe I haven't been a teenager for a while, so maybe I'm just a mongoloid. But I don't think I ever did oh, this. No. I never went to a movie to have social time with my friends. Like these kids are just talking the entire time, and they're on their phones, and I can see them on Instagram and doing Snapchats. And I'm like, this is unacceptable, right? Am I am I like going old man here, or is that just like, like even for a teenager, even for belligerent teens, that's a step too far, right? That's just ignorant. Yeah, am I no, correct? I, mean, I don't think that's, that's restricted to age. That is just right? being rude. Exactly, it's insane. So anyway, that was really frustrating. Overall, though, I still um, really enjoyed the movie. Actually, thought it was really good. It's definitely one of the better Stephen King adaptions of anything. Um, if you've read the book, there's definitely some deviations and things left out um, that I'm sure you've heard of uh, by now. They updated it a little bit more because originally it took place in the 50s. It now takes place in the uh, 80s, I believe it was, um, for the updated for the updated story. And they've also kind of updated some of the, again, not to be, I mean, it's been out forever, but but some of the fears and stuff that the kids have, they updated their, uh, their like there was a, a wolf, there was like a wolf man as one of the kids' fears in this one. It's like, um, a different, a different, more updated thing. It's like a guy who has, um, I almost said cerebral palsy, <laughs> super fucked up, leprosy, and uh, some of the other, some of the other stuff. So, um, but it was, yeah, it was really good. It was as good as everybody said it was. Uh, Pennywise, uh, the clown stuff, the what they did with him was really good, and it was really funny too. It's definitely um, was not the scariest movie movie I've ever seen, but um, there were a lot of kind of like disturbing scenes that they that they did with it, and. Um, yeah, really, really highly recommend. Um, if even if like even if you've read the book and are wary of uh, like Stephen King adaptions, which again, there's some good stuff, but there's also a lot of like garbage that's been made. But so what they also right. did too with the timelines is they split. So in the book, the timelines are interwoven. So you have the 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 um the kids obviously all through the story, and then you have their adult selves when they have to go back later. So in the movie, they actually just for the sake of of kind of making it easier to understand is that they just focus on the kids and the entire kids timeline throughout the entire 
book up until basically the end. And then they're making a part two, which is going to focus on them as adults, which I think is okay. kind of smart. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, which was kind of neat. So, um, yeah, it was it was really good, though. So, yeah, despite the horrible theater experience, one of the worst theater experiences I've had in a oh, long time. Oh, man. Uh, the movie was the movie was really solid, so that was good. But yeah, I think Nothing next time I'm just gonna wrong. make sure to either go like super late so that the teeny boppers can't be dropped off, and I'm probably just not gonna go to that movie theater again because I think what, what night it, was I haven't this? again. I, like what day of the uh, week? It was Saturday. It was a Saturday night. Okay. Was a Saturday. I think that's okay. also part was, of your problem. Friday yes. or Saturday. It was also nights. the day. There were three mistakes. Yeah, Saturday night is rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure, um, dude. Uh, nothing makes me more mad than bad theater experiences. I mean, I've gotten to the point where, like, I simply enjoy movies more when I'm with friends and we can, like, sure. you know, we all watch the movie, but we all get, like, loud and get super hype over, like, scenes that happen, like, you know. Right. But then you're you're in the theater and you're watching, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and the dude next to you, like, 80-year-old man, giant thing of popcorn, every small, not even funny <laughs> joke that happens goes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, trying to watch the movie. Oh, the gears turning in his body as he digests. <laughs> a very specific. God. I like how I like how I went after the younger crowd who was really belligerent, but you're actually going after even the old yeah. guy who's just laughing hey. at all the jokes. I like that. We're theater not, etiquette is not tied to any age. I think no, it's just it's true. Be, I, I well, mean, the other thing I got, like, do they? Yeah. Go ahead. No, so I was the other thing I was getting mad about is because because again. Like this was pointed out to me. It's like you guys really kind of made a lot of technical errors about when you went. But it's like we should live in a society where th- you can just go to a movie theater and people can just be respectful yeah. of trying to watch a movie. I was like, it's not my fault. But again, like you know. But I mean, it, so part of me was getting mad that I even have to plan my time around when I'm going to be able to enjoy something. I paid fourteen dollars for, by the way, to just get on like again, and that's like relatively yeah. depending in L.A. I remember paying eighteen, nineteen per movie. So. It's like even, but it's like that's it's one, that's one of the reasons that, so that I feel like I'm, and I don't I don't think this is old man syndrome for me either, but I I just can't I don't really go to the movies anymore because you're basically paying like you say fifteen to twenty bucks for a gamble that you're going to be around a bunch of people who are actually going to be quiet you know so that you right. can enjoy the movie yeah but if that's if true. they're if you're around a bunch of people who are loud or like you know they're, they're paying attention to their phones or whatever and won't turn it off, then then I'm not going to enjoy that experience, but I don't give my money back for it. So I, I basically just like, I watch movies at home now and I sort of don't, yeah, I miss out yeah. on the, uh, I miss out on sort of the, the zeitgeist, you know, when like everyone's mm-hmm. talking about a movie or something, but I yeah. kind of am just like over that loss because it's not yeah. worth, it's not worth the cost to take a gamble on the theater experience. No, I think I don't think you're actually alone too. I mean, I think a lot of people end up uh, feeling that way, especially like with the price. And another thing, though, it's like it's a bummer though because I really do, especially like certain movies uh, are really, you know, it's like you really do get the theater experience. You get the the audio, you know, the big screen. That's still definitely kind of sometimes has a hold. But I agree with you. More often than not, I'm just like, man, unless I really, really, really want to see something, um, I'm just I'm just gonna wait it out, and so like again, I, I there's a lot of stuff that I missed out on, and then just catch catch later. So, yeah, I'm totally with you, but um, yeah, so that but it, but yeah, overall yeah. again, it was salvaged. If the movie had been, uh, if the movie had been like not great either, I probably would have been super tilted. But at least like one of the four factors that ended up affecting my experience was good. So okay, yeah, I just think about like you know movie theater woes like that. You know, everybody's had them. 
But I mean, I know they have like the previews before the movie talking about, you know, put away your phones and all that shit. But like, what, I mean, should they, should there be people in theaters like watching? Should there be like, you know, I'm not trying to say there should be bouncers or shit. Like, I yeah, honestly, like that's the one thing I was also upset about is, and again, I know movie theaters don't want to hire more people than they need to or whatever. And especially this theater, like I said, in the area that it's in, I don't expect them to be doing like some super um, bougie stuff like that. But really though, like yeah. I, and I guess if I really wanted to, I could have, I could have gotten up and said like, listen, this freaking row is being totally like belligerent and they're not like they're ruining the experience for everybody. And I'm, I'm assuming that they would have come in, but again, I was up against like the, I really don't want to miss out on like two or three minutes of the movie yeah, yeah. because you know, like for, and it's not even my issue. So, but it was my issue because they made it my issue because it was so annoying. But right. Like I would have absolutely no problem if there was like, I mean, in the larger showings that there is maybe like one, maybe two guys like staying, standing in like the back of the theater, just like watching <laughs> for people. Like they've got a I taser. Mean, that sounds kind of <laughs> tasers and it's literally like, actual, like, like sh- sheriffs. Yeah. yeah, like when you buy it, it's just in the super fine print, and it's like, listen, uh, after like you get one warning, and then you get tased. That's it, and then you're kicked <laughs> out of the theater. Like that's that's uh, like, that's racing. the level. That's the level though that I really feel. I feel that strongly about it. Like, listen, if you're yeah, gonna ruin somebody's a uh, whole movie theater's experience, you can get tased, and then you can get yeah. kicked out of the theater. Because <laughs> I mean, it sounds <laughs> harsh, but I'm so down for it. Like, here's the thing. Every single attendee, like, should wear a bracelet that administers an electric shock if they ever make uh, above a certain decibel, you know? shock collars. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, collars. Actually, what that is. Like, yeah. Dude, I can't believe... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little extreme, but, yeah, I like... Uh, you, have to, you have to institute tough, like... Um, like, because imagine, if those kids had been tased... Like, there is no way, first of all, they're ever ruining anybody else's movie experience again. They're probably never coming back to the theater. And if they do, they're going to come back and they're going to, they're not going to uh, continue to um, uh, be rude. Like, they're going to learn that they have to stay in line. So, I don't know. It's just, oh, man. It was definitely disappointing. It definitely made me uh, feel a little bit uh, kind of like, man, really? Like, it made me feel old, too, because I was like, man, back in my day, I, yeah. I had respect. I, I yeah. never would have done that in a movie. Like, I make sure my phone's away. <laughs> like, I didn't even have cell phones back then. We didn't even have phones to disrupt the experience. Back in that my day, the- these kids were just quietly making out in the back. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah. That's right. They were just, like, there were sexual discoveries going on, but it was silent, <laughs> and I didn't have to see it. Like, totally. Um, and I'm oh, thinking well. about like, what if a bouncer or like, a, what would even be the proper term? You know, like if someone like that has to like address yeah. someone making noise, like they're not going to walk in the middle of everybody. So what do they need? Like a giant extendable pole. They just reach <laughs> out, poke them on the shoulder. Yeah. The movie, they just grab them. It's like it, no, it actually. I'm just imagining the pole, and they just grab the person's face on their cheeks and just <laughs> clamp it and turn it. Like it's like one of those up. old people like grabbers, and it just grabs them by the neck. Yeah. Shakes them a little bit, dude. I'm it's all like, for it. Oh man, I, just, I put just my tougher penalties. Yeah, exactly. Tougher, yeah. tougher penalties for that shit. But yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing this week. Let's start with. Um, Hold on. What, what have we been eating? Anything? Oh, that's right. Anything Ooh. interesting? Because I, I have a mm. a decently interesting one. Uh, having mm. having just been <laughs> to a wedding <laughs> down down in Texas, we had uh, so we went to a Mexican restaurant for the rehearsal dinner. And uh, it we had the, everyone had the same thing because the the you know the wedding they ordered the same thing for everyone and it mm. was a stuffed avocado as an entree mm. 
and I had oh, okay. not I had not had a stuffed avocado oh. before, but oh. um, it was there was sort of like. So with Tex-Mex, a lot of times I just sort of like combine everything on the plate and eat it. So like, you know, the rice and beans right. and everything, you kind of just put it all together and eat it um, all sort of as one one big amalgamation. Uh, but it had like, I think, cheese in it. There was rice. I'm not, I don't know if there was meat. Like I, I couldn't, I can't remember exactly, but it was kind of all together. But man, just like, I didn't think I would like stuffed avocado quite as much as I did because normally I would get something that I've had before, you know, a, meat, a, a dish with meat in it. But Stuffed avocado was was quite delicious, uh, and obviously you get like that avocado taste in every bite. So that was really good. Um, and then we had yeah, at the good. reception, we went to uh, a barbecue place um, outside Austin, and had six types of barbecue. Like we had we had more we had more barbecue than anyone at the table could have eaten. It it was uh, mm, sounds beef delicious. ribs, beef ribs. Mm pork ribs, mm. uh, brisket, mm. turkey, oh. chicken, and sausage. God, I'm oh. Wow. So close. I think that, that was is <laughs> And then obviously, obviously sides, like oh. I think uh, potato salad and coleslaw and beans, like oh. normal barbecue sides. And then oh. for dessert, um, it was it was like, a, like peach, no. I think it was either apple or peach cobbler with like a scoop of ice cream below it. Mm. And so it was, it was smart because they were like individual servings. And so the mm -hmm. ice cream was on the bottom and then they put the cobbler on top. So the ice cream was like just melting a little bit because the, it was, you know, obviously above the, uh, above the ice cream. Uh, and so it was like, you could easily get the right cobbler to ice cream ratio with each bite. So mm. it was a very, yeah. very that delicious, really uh, delicious. You ate well meal. on this trip. Oh yeah. Very well. Oh yeah. Oh. And we also yeah, had I, uh, have... I also had on Sunday when we were uh like when we were heading out uh if you've not a lot of people won't necessarily know what this is cuz it's a Tex-Mex thing but uh I had migas which are um it's like so it's like tortillas um but like mixed in with other stuff so like beans and rice and I, I don't know google it uh to see what the ingredients are, but it's it's like a really really good um, breakfast Tex-Mex dish, mm. and we just went over to like the place next to the hotel that I didn't think was going to be that good. It was fantastic. So like had just three really really good um, meals during that trip. So I'm mm. sorry that Migos, sorry that Migos, none of Migos, Migos sister uh, sister group uh, made up of. Uh, I believe oh. so. Yeah, that's actually okay. the origin of the dish. Makes sense. That sounds good. It sounds really good, though, man. Oh, I'm jealous, dude. You just describing that barbecue feast got me. Yeah, me it's ra it's rare that there's so, like that. There's so many different types of barbecue that I was, I just could I couldn't eat more of it. Like yeah. I wanted to eat more yeah. of it, and I physically couldn't eat as much as I wanted to. Mm. That's a good problem to have when you're at one of those yeah. spots, though. So much, so many options. Oof. Good stuff. Anybody else? Any anything? Uh, Sorry that I just ruined just, anything you guys oh, yeah, had to like, say for this section. I was just. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't, oh, yeah, I don't have anything there. that can follow that really <laughs> at all. Not even close. I mean, tonight I had some delicious beef, rice, and broccoli kind of mm. crock mm. pot stir fry kind of deal. Mm. But tomorrow I'm having some country fried steak, so Ooh. I might next week with a great answer. Ooh, okay. Which is like it's what my like a it's like a certain recipe my dad found and is making that I actually enjoy like much more than Demi's. 
Mm, okay. I think. Yeah. It's I'm excited. All right. Sounds good. Um, all right. Well, let's get into games then. Uh, if we got no more food to talk about, uh, uh, Yingity, hit me with what you've been playing. Um, well, I, I, I guess the biggest one still is, uh, especially on your channel and this, and still with the KB mod guys, um, yes. still been playing Unfortunate Spacemen. Hell which yeah. It's still been a whole lot of fun. Um, although mm-hmm. I'll leave that for you to talk about because you are the one who's in this week has been going into it with a relatively new experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing that, so this is, uh, I guess it requires a, a, a short background, but I, I used to be a very big fan of the Assassin's Creed series. Um, I mm, played the first okay. one when it came out. Um, and then, of course, like all the ones that are set in Italy, um, those are all still very, um, they're, they're considered to be very good by the fan base. And then that's mm-hmm. when it starts to go downhill with some of the later games that came out. Um, so I used to follow that series a lot, and, it, and it's sort of a sore spot for me to talk about just because I super like the concept that Assassin's Creed goes for and that sort of uh, mm. that historical fiction, conspiracy, all kind of deal, and I thought it was done well. And then, of course, like the one that I think most people think about is uh, Assassin's Creed Unity that was plagued by all these launch errors and like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the launch was very troubled. Uh, the game itself, even beyond that, was considered subpar. Um, and I don't know what it about what it, what it was about this past week. I just something about those series just hit me really hard, and I just, I really missed being able to play a game like that. So mm. I took a gamble, and I uh, I, I went ahead and bought uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, mm. um, uh-huh. which I had read that a lot of the issues that plagued its PC launch had been had been fixed since then. The okay. DLC comes free with it. Mm. Um, okay. So I thought you know like worst case scenario, I'm gonna just. <laughs> It'll either put me off Assassin's Creed games for another five years, or best case scenario, it sparks some kind of hope. Um, and I just it that game is just so Ubisoft, and I I can't deal oh, with it. No. Oh no, it's, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it's it's everything. It reminded me of all the things they've done to such a cool game concept. Things like oh. where fifty hours of the game content they claim is collecting 150 collectibles scattered around them. But how do you find them? You got to climb up the towers and synchronize so you can actually have your mini map. And like, uh, the, and they've spent, I don't know how much time they had to spend doing that, but when you compare how much of that content, if that's what you want to call it, exists in the game, how mm. much time was taken away from them developing a half-decent story because <laughs> the plot is rushed, they they mm. make it seem like you care about all these characters. I'm like, I don't even remember that person's name, to be honest, because we've had like one cutscene with them once, like three oh hours ago. God damn it. Um, that hurts me on a special high level. Yeah, That's and it's just thought. because and it just hurts because I loved Assassin's Creed. Like I thought it was such a cool concept. I loved the way that they did it. And this was just one of those games that I mean, that's not to say the game is completely you know, it's not it's not without its redeemable qualities. It looks wonderful. It is a very beautiful game. Okay. Uh, evidently, whatever they did to patch their launch errors worked really well because I don't believe I've dropped below 60 frames um, playing it even in the, some of the heavier parts oh, of the nice. city. The combat, I feel like they've dumbed down the combat. That's the other thing about this, too. Ubisoft refuses to make a difficult game. Like, yeah, they spoon right. you every step of the way. I got stuck on, I don't even know if I want to call it a puzzle. It's just, you had to get out of this room. And mm-hmm. evidently there was some implied, you know, if you don't get out soon, the fire is going to catch you or there's going to be an explosion. And mm-hmm. I was running through doing all like the free running stuff. And I got stuck for maybe 10 seconds before mm-hmm. your character goes, I can get out through that window. And the camera pans <laughs> to it. Yeah. And I'm oh, like, wow. I, 
you could have just let me failed and made me retry until I figured right. it out. Until you figured it out. The solution yeah. really wasn't that difficult. And so it's all these mm. things just compounding, like, you know, just, it's not, a, it's a very simple game. They spent so much time on content that is just you blindly running around a map. And it's, I don't know, man. Mm -hmm. I, apparently it's gotten, apparently I should try Syndicate is what people were telling me, which is the one that came after that. Mm. Because apparently they've taken steps to try to move away a little bit from all of those, you know, classic Ubisoft type of, Features? I don't know what to call them. They're because oh, yeah, to call it a yeah. feature implies <laughs> some kind of value yeah. to the game. But anyways, yeah. it was just that was my experience so far, and it wasn't a good one. Just because all I'm thinking the entire time I'm playing it too, all I'm thinking about is how much fun I had playing uh, Assassin's mm. Creed Revelations and Assassin's Creed Two, right, even the right. first one when it first came out. It's just harkening back all those all those good experiences and how I'm not having them right now. Heck, games right. from Ubisoft like that, they feel AAA in the worst way, you know? Like, they feel so dumbed down and, like, mm. for the sake of, I guess, being accessible to a lot of people, where yeah. it just, you're, how much of it are you really playing, you know? And like, I mean, like, really the only, the only thing this game has going for it is that it is still visually stunning. I mean, it the, mm. they did a good job of making... The setting feel alive like it's, it's set in uh revolutionary france and so oh. the setting that they're doing it in is beautiful the way they they've done the crowd and how the scene feels alive it's done very well but i mean once you get past the visuals i mean i guess in any game visuals never really hold up once you start looking to actually start playing a game um it was just mm. an experience and it was just uh, it, it didn't go the way i wanted to i was hoping it would rekindle some kind of hope in the series for me but okay. I, I, people are still saying i should try syndicate and i probably will because I, at this point, I'm just so emotionally bound to wanting to get back to Assassin's Creed that I'm, I might just be fooling myself into thinking the next one's going to be better and the next one's going to be better, but... Right, we'll yeah. Now, I think I've just um, started myself into a trap. Unity was the one where they introduced co-op, right? Yes. Okay. And you um, didn't I haven't given out. any of those a shot because I don't even know if I could find someone else who's looking to play <laughs> oh, co-op yeah. Unity right now. <laughs> right, yeah. Here's a question. How much did you pay for uh, the game, Ying? Oh, uh, I think I paid 30 Canadian for it, so maybe okay. like 25-ish 20, US. Okay, that's not, not too too bad. But no. and it came so are you with, gonna are you gonna just give are you gonna finish the game or you think? No, I'm gonna like, finish the game because I okay. mean it's 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 terrible to say, but I'm gonna finish <laughs> the game because it's so low effort to play that game. Like mm. I can put on a I can put on a movie and just kind of follow through the missions Power a little bit. It. Although yeah. I'll just mute it when cutscenes come up and. Because, like, mm. the story is just, it's, I guess by objective standards, it's not terrible. But what from what Assassin's Creed used to be, and again, I'm just comparing it to all those games that came out not that long before. I mean, it was just a couple of years, and it's the same series, but mm. I don't know. They've just, they've tried to take it in so many different directions, and it's just not what hooked me on Assassin's Creed. You know, like, gotcha. I don't, I could not care less if there are co-op missions. I really just don't right. want to have to do all these little side quests that take me five minutes to do, and get me a little bit of extra money but mm -hmm. it's all these things that take away from from what i what i thought of as a as a good experience with those games so it's, now, a, have you it's been a bit of a heartbreak out, but... have you been checking out uh what's the new one the new one the origins have you been looking at that or keeping up at all like are you interested i in have not to, been uh... keeping up with it i mean it's okay. I, I i saw the e3 trailer um which of course like it's it's difficult to judge a game based off of that, but right. Uh, yeah. At, at this point, it's it's in a in a part of the court where Ubisoft is going to have to do something 
very special to right i I think i know what they need to do for you yang they need to take it to space and you know what i would not put fast to take it to space Maybe a little bit of uh, Assassin's Creed Advanced Warfare, maybe on yeah, the moon. I mean, okay, listen. Had all of the free running, but Hold I don't on, understand right? why they're not just taking us to jetpacks and wall running yet. <laughs> right. I totally get the meme, but if we're being honest, I would play the fuck out of like Assassin's Creed Blade Runner. I would Which, play the shit out the of that. The thing is, people for a long time since like since like Assassin's Creed Two, people have been wanting Assassin's Creed set in modern day. And they sort of did that, right. I think, with Revelations. They had you sort of bouncing back between, you know, the, the character that you're actually playing in, in, in the modern day and um, him getting all these assassin skills. And they actually send you on a level through this corporate business. And it's actually amazing. Huh. It was a lot of fun. And cool. for some reason, they just dropped that whole concept. You barely play anything in, like, the modern times, which was, like, one of the more captivating parts of the story. Hmm. Like, huh. they, sort of, they sort of keep you updated on the, what's happening in, in the modern day through these very convoluted barely integrate into the game communications with this mysterious figure that you still don't learn anything about. And it's, I don't know. They, it seems like they've fragmented the interesting parts of the story so much for the sake of I uh, quantitative gameplay in terms of like collectibles and side missions. Okay. Uh, but gotcha. that's what I've been playing, I guess I experiencing. That's what you've time. been suffering, <laughs> suffering through. That's what I've been suffering through. But I'll finish the game because I, I mean, okay. who knows? Maybe the story actually really starts to draw out near the end, which has happened with previous mm. games. And it just, I don't know, reignites the experience somewhat. And then I still have to try Syndicate because that's what people are telling me to do. Right. Okay. Um, what about you, Brandon? What you've been playing? If you uh, haven't been playing much. Yeah, I've not been playing a whole lot. Uh, I've been playing the monitor calibration game. I just, uh, before the cast today, I just decided to purchase a new expensive monitor that I really didn't need. Mm. But, you know, every now and then you get the urge to spend money on things. So I got, a, <laughs> I got one of the new Asus uh, PG279Q monitors. Mm. So it's a, it's, mm. I was upgrading from 24-inch 144 hertz PN panels to a 27-inch 1440p IPS panel. So... It's they're like it's real it's nice. I'm looking at it now, it's very nice. It looks really good. But there are some things that I didn't quite think about with yes. my setup because I'm uh I'm kinda I'm you know, I'm I'm pretty exacting when it comes to the way I like things. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Just and a uh and so I now have two monitors on the sides here that are smaller in dimension and resolution than my main monitor. Mm. which you would think, all right, it's not really that big of a deal, right? You kind of just like put, put them in the center. You can still make it kind of symmetrical. It looks fine. Problem is that because they're different resolutions now, like if I go up to the very top of my center monitor and I try to go over to my monitor to the right, it gets stuck because there's no monitor oh, no. there. So mm. my, I have to have my cursor like kind of in the center for it mm. to move over to the on, other monitor smoothly. And so I'm like, okay, I don't, yeah, I don't love that. Um, and, and so the, and the other thing is IPS versus TN panels, when you have them side by side, they just look really different. And so the color, the color profile on the IPS, I'm pretty sure it looks way better, but because I have it next to a monitor that I'm pretty sure is worse, I can't, like my eyes are tricking me into thinking like, which one is the right one? 
Because these monitors are the, the TN panels are are cooler and they they have a little bit different look. And this IPS panel, by comparison, looks very warm. Even though I'm pretty sure that this one, like I've calibrated the center one and I think it's right, it just looks different than the ones on the sides. So this is what drives people to madness. Like if I if I really if I was any yeah. crazier than I am. I would yes. go unnecessarily buy two more of these monitors just so That's that the say. whole thing looks looks the same and so that I can right. drag my mouse over to the other monitors unencumbered. Now, is that are those two mild desires of mine worth $1500? The answer oh is probably not. Probably not. Um mm -hmm. but it, there's still the, you know in the back of my mind it's still just sitting there. Like I yeah, could fix totally. this. I could fix this problem. I could just add money and I could fix this problem. Um, so that's mm -hmm. been the game I've been playing, and I basically, <laughs> I really only, I only got this monitor because I've heard a lot of good things about G Sync, and I've actually, I've played on G Sync monitors recently, and it does make a difference. And for for a game like PUBG, where I don't have a consistent 120 plus frame rate, G Sync can actually make a big difference in the way the game feels. So, yeah. so I thought, okay, you know, this seems like a worthwhile upgrade. Um, but now I have these little, it's like you just end up wanting to spend more money to upgrade the rest of your setup. It's like if I, now, now I'm going to be like, oh, I'm playing at 1440p. So now I need a better video card because my frame right. rates are going to go down compared to 1080. Um, so yeah, I'm just basically, I'm just spending money, even though I don't even play that many games right now. Um, mm. I'm just spending money because if I play games, I'll have nicer things to play them on. Uh, so that's that. That's my dilemma. The uh, the this has been the first world problem rant section. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, I was just gonna say. Um, yeah, but I mean, no, but you're totally right. It's like because we were talking about it in the pre-show, and I was like, Brandon, you're gonna have to definitely say first world problems before you're done with this. But it is true when you change something in your setup. Like those are a lot of things to change. Like resolution already. So you're adjusting to a new resolution on a different monitor. The the mouse thing, especially once you have multiple monitors, that that's just, you know, again, you could be like, well, maybe I could, you know, get used to this, but it is a little bit annoying where you have to place your cursor. Then you're dealing, like you said, with the color factors where it's just like, I should really like this, but my other monitors kind of make it so that it's hard for me to really appreciate it. Yeah. So I feel you, man. It's, yeah. it's, so do, so do you, so what do you think you're going to do going forward? Do you think you'll get, two different monitors that are slightly cheap, like aren't the G-Sync version well, of that monitor? I'm not sure. I, I'll probably just stick with it for a little while and see. see how it feels. Um, because yeah. there's not, there, there aren't, um, I'm not sure if there is a, a, a version of this monitor that uses the same panel as this one does that is just like cheaper. Because um, this is the, you know, this is like a, a nice 27-inch 1440p panel with G-Sync. Right. Um, right. So I could... Like in a perfect world, I would just like go buy a version of this same dimension monitor without the G-Sync mm. stuff, you know, because I don't need to game on my side monitors really. Um, but I'm not sure that monitor exists, um, you know, except maybe in a different form factor. So I don't know if that's really an option. I'll probably just try and stick it out and maybe um, maybe experiment with like some different, you know, maybe maybe I go crazy and turn uh, turn one or both my side monitors into portrait mode. You know, I, I could I could do all sorts of wild stuff, yeah. um, but I, I don't I don't 
it's one of those things that I know I don't need to spend money on. Like I just use my side monitors really for sure. you know, for more screen real estate. And so that that mild annoyance is is definitely not worth much money to try and fix. Right. Um but yeah, anyway, it is it's it's just funny because it's like when you just have one monitor, you I would appreciate this monitor a lot. Because it's it looks mm. so different and is is really to, compared to the other monitors is so crisp and you can tell the difference in the resolution and all that. But when it's next, when both of them are next to them, I'm like almost fooling myself. I'm like, this color is this color really that much better? And it's like, yes, of course it is, you idiot. This like such it's so much. <laughs> the panel is so much better. But right. because it's sitting here next to it, I'm just it's like I can't truly yeah. tell which one is supposed to be like the better color, the better representation. Um. Mm, so yeah, yeah sure. but I haven't gamed on it yet. I think once I game on it, that will be the big difference because it's gonna be it's right. gonna feel a lot different. So on my desktop, yeah. it's like that's where I'm not gonna notice anything on my desktop. It's all about when I play games. I know I'm gonna feel the difference. Gotcha. All right. Well, keep us updated. Let us know how it goes, man. I hope you uh, find some find some peace and you know <laughs> who knows. Like you said, you're gonna open that game up and you're gonna finally feel what G Sync feels like and be like, okay, I know. All right, I, that's, I'm, that's I'm what I'm it. hoping for is yeah. that uh, you know that then every time I play games, I'm gonna appreciate really having this monitor. Um, but man, just trying to like. There, there is a very deep uh, world of like color calibration and all sorts of like color, custom True. color profiles. You can get so yep. in the weeds on this stuff, and I just, I don't care enough. I'm just like trying to find something someone else has done that looks better than the stock, uh, you know, the stock mode. Like the stock mode on monitors never looks good. It always yeah. looks like trash. And so it's it's like an art to find a good color profile and good color settings that that match up with what you want. And so that's that's what I spent like the two hours before the cast looking for. Is <laughs> like let me just let me fiddle with the RGB settings and like this one color profile that this guy made um, and see if that looks right or see if this other one looks right. So gotcha. First world problems for sure. Yeah. Well, it's good. Yeah. Definitely keep us updated though. And. Um... Let me know if I should drop 750 myself on one of those. <laughs> G-Sinks. I, I, I'm I don't think I will, but I'm happy with my 144 for now. But we'll see. Well, one of the other, I mean, one of the things is I also wanted to try a 27 inch monitor because I've yeah. only for a long time I've had 24 inch. That's like the sweet mm. spot for how large my desk oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. this monitor has smaller bezels, so it's actually not that much bigger than my current my my, my other monitors. Um, mm -hmm. So that that was one of the reasons I thought let me let me try 27 inch and see if that really feels different like when I'm playing games. Um, but if I wanted to get a 24 inch monitor, that would have been a lot cheaper. It's just that the 27 inch panels are just crazy expensive. Gotcha. And the 27, uh, like the distance from the monitor to you, like that doesn't feel like too awkward. Like maybe that, that well, doesn't feel too big at all. Not, I mean, not no, not for me because I actually I push it pretty much all the way back on my desk. So, okay. um, so it is, I mean, for, I have pretty good eyesight. I think for someone that doesn't have great eyesight, it might be too small. Um, and they might mm -hmm. need to use the, like the scaling options. Um, uh, but for me, right. it's, for me, it's fine, but it does, t it, it's funny though, compared to the ones on my, my side monitors, the 1080p monitors I have on the side, the resolution just looks like trash comparatively. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it, it honestly, it, it's like looking at a, it's like looking at 480p compared to 1080p. Like that's Ooh. how bad it is. But is before nasty. I had this monitor right next to these monitors, it looked great. 
You know, it's it's mm. all just it's all your mind playing tricks on you that like now I can see these individual pixels at 1080p and it's just disgusting. So oh, no. this is this is what turns people into snobs. You know, once you once you get a taste of what you could have, all of a sudden <laughs> right. you can't go back. Yeah. Ever since I got this 144 hertz monitor, I, I can't believe there's a time in my life when 60 hertz was like, oh yeah. I mean, it still is like, I don't take it for granted, but. 144 hertz yeah. is just so lovely. Have yeah, you yeah. experienced oh, yeah. it where you, uh, I don't know, this happens every now and then, where my monitor will reset itself to 60 hertz and I'll start up mm. a game and it's oh. just nauseating. Like yes. you feel like you're lagging or something is wrong mm-hmm. and you can't quite yeah. figure it out. And it's, it's right. so distracting. You can't focus on whatever it is you're playing. That actually, <laughs> that when, I was, to me. when I was setting up the, these monitors, like sometimes when you unplug one of your monitors or they change settings, it will reset all of your monitors to like 59 or 60 hertz. And it actually changes the color of the monitor. And so I was, oh, like, why, I was like, why does this monitor look mm-hmm. so washed out? And then I go to yeah. my display settings and all of them were at 60 hertz. And I, you know, and I, and I throw up a little bit in my mouth and then I fix it <laughs> and then now, and then now the colors look right. So like, I don't even know, I don't know why that would even work that way hmm. because the, no. the refresh rate has nothing to do with the colors, but for right. some reason at 60 Hertz, the colors were super washed out. And then when I put it back to 144 or one or 120, um, they looked fine. So it's like, yeah, hmm. I, it, the refresh rate, the refresh rate changes all sorts of voodoo. Um, that, that, yeah, I don't know how to okay. do that. All right, well, um, there you go. So this edition of First World Problems brought to you by, uh, by Brandon. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hey, listen, dude, we all, have our, we all have our personal crosses to bear. So absolutely. Right. Um, all right, Katie, what about you? Okay. What have you been playing? Uh, or play what mod have you upgraded right. to? I no, Katie, I don't want anyone to hear you talk actually until you upgrade that goddamn desk from 1886 <laughs> in your room. Yep. yep. Honestly, right. like I feel like until you just go and get an IKEA table or something, like, dude, right. and a yeah. mouse pad that isn't the that... size of a pocket square, like, dude, you're <laughs> gonna be I'll hold it up for the uh, for the viewers. Right. Oh, yeah. my <laughs> oh my god! Oh, no, Katie, it's in gross. the time since we've had that conversation, it's... I've gotten a new desk. I'm sitting at oh. it right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my mother has a larger mouse pad than that. <laughs> wow. That, and she uses, she uses a wireless laptop mouse. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, I've got no excuse. It's, so what is, yeah, the, what is I... the, but honestly, though, I'm curious, what is your aversion? Is it just like having to reset everything up or what's the, getting the desk out oh, of Oh, man. I mean, yeah, it's, there are a few different factors. It's one, it's dropping the money, of course, which I know won't be a huge The money? Factor. The money Dude, mouse pad. My no. mouse pad is the no, cheapest thing on my desk. Brandon, Brandon, not for a mouse pad, for a desk. I mean, yeah. just get a table. Get a get a table for twenty bucks from IKEA. Uh, no, 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 and a mouse pad. That's all you <laughs> I need. Don't, well, okay, we'll see. Well, okay. So have, okay the other question is: Do you have all kinds of good? Like in your desk, do you have all kinds of like goodies in your drawers or something that you need? Like you need well, all. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's the second thing is the desk itself. This thing is such a behemoth. It is so ridiculously heavy. There are drawers. It is definitely, you're right, it's filled with shit right now. Okay. Like clearing okay. that out is, you know, I, I'll have no problem with, you know, taking the time to clear it out. But the, right. the act of moving this out of my room, like getting this in here was already a nightmare. Like I'm looking mm. at the small crevice between like the space of my room to my door and just like this thing is stupid heavy and so that's mm-hmm. like my main i really need to just take a day 
to, you know, I need to, you know, honestly, I wish I had a better excuse other than being lazy. But, All right, I mean, well, look, you, you can replace your mouse pad tomorrow. So let's let's start with well, step here, one. Hold on. I would love to do that, Brandon, but uh, I'm going to no, 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 put no, my no. camera See, we were down. Just, I was just about to address <laughs> this, Katie. Uh, yeah. There is, a, there is a reason I'm using this mouse pad. It is because I uh, simply... <laughs> Do no. not have enough room <laughs> no. on my pull-out tray. Oh, the, the, the keyboard tray. No. So, no. I didn't Wait, the keyboard, the keyboard tray with actual wooden on flaps on the side. Actual wooden keyboard oh. tray. Right. Oh my goodness! It is disgusting. For audio listeners, oh. we are talking about we are talking about a desk from like oh, the mid '90s. Yeah. With the pull-out keyboard tray. <laughs> He only has room for his keyboard and then a tiny little mouse surface. Oh yeah, it's awful. Oh, it's terrible. My God, dude. No, so, is there something stopping you from just not using the keyboard tray and putting it on the, on the top of the desk? Well, if I do that and I like move up and go up here, then there's just not enough leg room because of the tray. It's there. Can you uninstall be... the tray? I cannot. I would oh. have to straight up destroy it. Like yes, I've tried so like, getting rid of it this. It is a part of the desk. Yes, it <laughs> is a part of this. Hey, D, this I beast. have lived. I have actually lived that life when I like when I was living with my parents. I had this a similar like <laughs> massive massive desk that had a, like a file you know filing cabinet in the side. It actually had a hutch right. on like that went on top of the desk. Way too much desk for me. When I went, <laughs> I cannot tell you how freeing it is. To just go to a flat IKEA oh, table, dude. It's so it is, nice. <laughs> it just you just are unencumbered. Okay, well, actually, I did get word uh, that an IKEA store is, is like in the process of being opened up in Indiana or mm -hmm. in Indianapolis, where I am. So once that gets you know finished up, I'm gonna hit that place up and look at a desk because I'd, I'd swing by you know Office Max and see. Oh, this looks like a pretty reasonable table. It's very simple. Uh, how much? Oh, it's six hundred ninety-nine dollars. That's great. <laughs> oh yeah, don't go to put office masks. Yeah, yeah definitely not. Wait for the oh. IKEA then. But yeah, dude. No, I have totally agreement with Brandon, man. A flat IKEA just surface like <laughs> it's just yeah. you get so much opportunity to arrange it however you would like. Unlimited space. If you do uh, it. Believe it. I believe it one hundred percent. Okay. So, yeah. You know, I thought I could go this week without my terrible sin of a desk being brought up, but I can't really blame you. You know, every day I live with this desk. I run the risk of, you know, being called out on it. So I, I deserve it. <laughs> Listen, it's only because I care because I know that once you switch, you're literally going to be like, what the fuck was I doing for my yeah. 20 whatever years of existence? Dude, when so I was at LFG fun. and playing it like some yes. of those desks, I was like, right, oh, yeah, they have nice setups. Yeah, I feel like I can so properly game. And that was a land center with like 20 <laughs> right. PCs next to each other and you still yeah. have more room than your own. <laughs> you're thinking, look at all this yeah. elbow room. Wow. Yeah. I can I can move. Finally, I'm I'm on IKEA.com right now. The oh, Beacant desk, $179. There you go. Mm. Oh, I mean, you can save up your pennies. I'll Let's save. Up. Start saving. Um. All right, but what have you been? Okay, so what have you been um, um, playing uh, on your very you know not to the ability that you could play if you were in a flat like a totally flat desk, but what games have you been playing on your PC? I've I've struggled to play a few games on my PC. I've, I've barely managed to. <laughs> no, mm, yeah. actually, I watched some games. I watched some CS:GO with you. I watched your subs. 
Duke yes, and that's right. We've we some shot casting. Yeah, some great games actually this week. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, that second one that was that was fun. That was really. We tried like, uh, and the last one we did like a. I'll let you talk more about that, but uh, yeah, yeah so I've no, been streaming. Yeah. yeah, I've been streaming a lot more recently. I've been doing a. Uh, I've actually never played the original Half Life before, and so I've been doing a, a play through that. I've never played any of the Half Lifes, so I feel like that's the series I've got to just you know get under my belt, I guess. And uh, I'm, I've been playing through it on hard difficulty, you know, the hardest one there is. Jesus Christ, that game is... It, it's not bad, it's just, it's very difficult, and there are little things that kind of yeah. like, frustrate you, you know? It's like the movement hasn't aged well, you pretty much always feel like you're on ice. Yeah, it's impossible to crouch jump in that game, as uh, Dark Side Phil has showed us from back in the day. <laughs> yeah. from well, it is experience, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah no. So yeah, yeah does it, the, I haven't played it in a long time, but I'm guessing probably mechanic wise, it doesn't compared to like a lot of newer games. Obviously, it's you have to play it at the time it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is. But back then, but it doesn't hold yeah. your hand for some of that frustrating gameplay stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it really you play it and you really realize for the time this was right. amazing. Like it right. really throws you in, and I really admire like your hand isn't really held at all. Like for for example, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, there's that scene where that monster is in the center of that room. And you really kind of have to figure out for yourself, you need mm. to turn on the power, you need to get the oxygen going to power this laser to destroy it. And it's not like, you know, the scientists in like the modern games, they'd be like, well, we can do this to destroy this. Right. Like, why don't you go down here and yada, yada, yada. But no, Half-Life, you know, you kind of respect and kind of, you, you like, you respect that the game doesn't hold your hand with that, but you also kind of miss it because I will admit there are a couple of times where I was like, I simply, you know, I... I was missing something. Like I know, trying to figure out where to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like, and there was that time when, oh my god, the vent on the floor. <laughs> I was that the way that fan moves is so slow. I was not expect, and I was like looking at the top, and I see the the part that's kind of barred up by woods, like mm-hmm. wood that you could like break with a crowbar. And I'm like, okay, I was just kind of shooting them a little bit. Okay, they're kind of breaking. I'll probably go through an upper route at some point. And people in chat are like, just step on the fan. I'm like, no, there's no way. You guys are trolling. And I get on, and I get lifted up on this kind of slow moving <laughs> fan. Uh, yeah, but that was a great moment. And uh, yeah, that's been fun. Also, uh, I started replaying through Dead Space 2 on the hardest difficulty on that. And that game is still mm. incredible. I love that game. It's The combat is so great when it's not, you know, just shoot the enemy. It's, you know, shoot their arm, grab their arm with kinesis, shoot their blade back at them. You know, you have to manage your inventory really well. You have to manage your surroundings and, like, use, all, use a lot of stuff to your advantage. Mm. Like, that game is... It's still, for me, you know, the height of the series, one of the best survival horror games ever made, for sure. Nice. It, despite the story issues. But, uh, hmm. and then some more Black Ops 3, just kind of, kind of waiting on the Call of Duty, uh, World War II beta, kind of getting warmed up a little bit. Mm. Uh, yes. Getting but, lubricated for that. And the, yes. Uh, and I'm ready. I'm with you. I'm I am. And, oh man, the more I play Black Ops 3, the more I just think to myself, I cannot wait to be free of jetpacks and wall running boots and this ridiculous oh, boots on the ground. Yeah, I'm telling you, brother. I mean, again, boots. I know that it became a meme to say that, but really, I mean, they really summed up my thoughts, especially after yeah. playing like Black Ops Three and some of the, and even watching Advanced Warfare and some of the. Oh, I'm just like, good God, dude! Just oh yeah, can we just run. Can we run into our three fucking lanes or whatever, or you know, exactly. and, and just fucking kill uh, stuff and spawn? Like, I just want to get back to that that kind of shit. Oh yeah. I'm down. I'm yeah, you. I'm I'm excited for sure. 
Like, uh, I remember back when Advanced Warfare came out and I was playing that, and then they actually had a playlist that you could play through all the maps with none of the kind of new movement, like the boost jumping or anything. I'm like, mm. oh my god, this game is so much better in this playlist. <laughs> like, why, why, why isn't this more populated? But, you know. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. And uh, played more, still playing through Tales of Berseria. That game is still great. And, uh, oh, yeah, I uh, I played, oh, man. I, I had some friends over, and we we dug up the PS3. We du- we managed to scrounge together four controllers, and we played Blur, baby. Oh, my Ooh. God. I'm not really into racing games too much, but that is one of the finest racing games I've ever played. And it just it sucks to me that that game is just... It, like, that game used to be on Steam and is just gone. I'm not mm. sure. I think it might have to do... What is it, like... That that company was, I think, Activision closed them down. It was like the same company that did, you know, Project Gotham Racing and yeah, that's Geometry right. Wars. Mm. Yeah, Activision, Activision mm. shut them down. The only new Blur, other than Blur, is some mobile game, mm. which mm. is disgusting. And then, yeah, Blur used to be on Steam. Let me see. Like, and it was taken down. I see, like, I found this article that was like midweek madness because we were like looking into it. And it was like, you know. Blur on discount. This is an announcement from uh, April 3rd, 2012. Blur, 75% <laughs> off. Like, yeah, I'm going to buy it. And you click the link, it just brings you back. So, you know, welcome to Steam, the homepage. Mm, dang. And it. the thing I that really it. gets me, yeah, what really upsets me, you go on, you know, Steam charts and just out of curiosity, you type in Blur. And there are, you know, there are people playing Blur on Steam who still have it installed, who bought it when it came out. Today, they peaked at, I mean, it's nothing crazy, you know, about 20 players, 9, 10 players. Mm. But people are out there playing Blur. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely not Lawbreakers. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, oh, man. man. I just see that, and oh, my only options of playing Blur are, you know, going on Amazon and buying a, a physical copy for $40. <laughs> oh, come on. Why, why can't we get a Blur revival? That game is so damn good. It mm. hurts. God. Okay. All right, but yeah, that's all I played. Okay. Um, all right, well, I'll go real quick. We've already gone uh, pretty long, and we've got some we've got some spicy news to get into here. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, Yingity mentioned unfortunate spacemen, but um, yeah, started getting into that this uh, this last week. And uh, for those listening and don't have any idea what that what that entails or what that that title doesn't really. I mean, I guess it, it's pretty accurate. But think of a game that is like Trouble in Terrorist Town. But in space with guns. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing like the Adam Kovic machinima meme. No, but really, uh, right. basically more depth. And it's really, it's actually really well polished, I think, overall. It's a game, um, I believe that um, Dave Oshry's um, company is publishing it now, has taken over um, yes. the publishing side of it. Um, and it's really, really fun. It's great with a group. So it's up to 32 people. But essentially, you've got uh, all these different um, spacemen or astronauts. Um, on a bunch of very d- different varied maps, when you spawn in, one person spawns in as the monster. The rest are uh, just you know normal uh, spacemen, and you're basically trying as the monster to kill everybody before they get off. Uh, do all the objectives um, on the map, or um, kill you essentially. So it's it's very simple overall, but there's a there's a lot of depth to it, and I think it's kind of deceptively. Um, like you can really it definitely gets difficult the more people you play with because so there's the the way it works is there's voice communication within the game. So like when we play and we have a bunch of people in Discord, everyone mutes Discord and we only use voice communication. So when you're the monster, 
um, you want to basically isolate people and kill them without them being able to say like, okay, hey, like Scott's the monster and all that kind of stuff. So basically you can disguise as well into all, all different costumes and different spacemen to try to keep the uh, the ruse going on. Um, your monster form has a couple different abilities. Uh, and then you can eat the bodies as well to regain health. And then you get more powerful as more spacemen die and stuff like that. And it's... I was kind of like, I watched a little bit of gameplay of it and then people were hitting me up and being like, yo, you got to play this. It's super fun with a group. And I was kind of skeptical. I'm like, man, you know, the whole trouble in terrorist town thing has been done to death. How fun could it really be? But my, like I have had more fun playing that game and more hilarious moments um, with, with, you know, just the group of people that I play with in general than uh, I have in a long time. So I think it's like uh shout out to Dave Oshry for giving me some keys and being able to give them out too. But believe it's on steam for like 15 bucks and we've just had a blast like it's not really super popular there's not really many people playing it right now but basically we i'll just get a group of people together and we'll get like you know 10 20 people in and uh you know we'll just have fun with it so i mean you guys have been playing it uh, as well yang and uh katie katie did you play it or no no i didn't i was i was taking a break when we streamed it that first day but i never really got a chance to join in i gotta i gotta get it at some point because like everyone in discord is like muted muted and deafened yeah, like it, was, it was hard I to mean, get in there. Yeah, the but, uh, game does a really good job. I think where where it succeeds more than the typical Trouble in Terrace Town kind of concept yeah. is that it has a very good balance for the game being fun because of the game's mechanics and the personalities letting come through and just all the mm. things that even the spacemen can do versus the monster and um, yeah, they definitely give you more tools to mess with other people uh, and you know, be creative in the sense that it's yep. not just the monster trying to evade and kill, it's the monster messing with power, and then the spacemen yeah. sometimes messing with each other, and right. uh, there's a lot Ugh. more depth to it in the sense Absolutely. that, not, not that the game it has a lot of depth, but it, there's more room for the people playing the game to make it fun. Exactly. Yeah, and you absolutely demonstrated that when uh, you did that slow turn playing the, uh, the music oh. box through your mic. Oh, God, that was terrifying. Oh, that was great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, sorry. The quick rundown is that on that is that I, I wasn't the, even the monster, but I ran into a bunch of people, <laughs> and the, the the voice chat is all proximity based, right? So it's right. you can only hear hear you. We spawn in, and it's this dark, poorly lit train. And I and I queue up on my iPhone on my iPhone the first track that comes up when you type in creepy music box, and I just <laughs> played that through my mic while slowly turning around, <laughs> my character do very small circles. Yes. Um, just to see, out of curiosity, how quickly it would take for the other spacemen to murder me, and it took maybe less than a minute and a half. Yes, I in that case was actually <laughs> Timmy came across you first, and then I came across, and I was actually the monster, but I was in my spaceman form, and Timmy was like, "Yo, this is creepy. Should we kill him?" And of course, I was like, "Oh, absolutely. Let's kill him. Like he deserves <laughs> to die because it's Which so anyway." That ended up working out, yeah. but. In oh, hindsight, Scott is actually the worst liar ever. Your your tone of voice changes completely. <laughs> But it in does. the game, it's so hard to notice. I mean, your chat yeah. is just going off. It's so obvious that he's the monster. You're the way you're saying things. And right. I don't know. It's, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's fun, especially from a streaming perspective, too, to go back and see how people were playing and all the little things that happen. Uh, but if you have a group of people to play it with, it's worth the $15. But you got to have a group Definitely. of people to play it with. Yeah. It's not a game like you're going to buy and then be like, hey, let's show on this game. Because there's really nobody, you know, it doesn't really have a, there's not really a population playing it super consistently right now, other than us that I can tell. But I hope, I hope more people pick it up and, and play more. Like, um, definitely one of the best kind of like um, game experiences with a big group that I've had in a long time. So that's, that's been great. Um, awesome. 
yeah. And then other than that, um, nothing too too crazy. That's been the main kind of newer one that I've been playing this uh, this week. So um, let us move on from uh, what we've been playing and eating and doing, and let's move on to the new section of the cast, or as I call it, the PUBG section of the cast, because. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have some quick hits where we get into some other things that aren't PUBG related. But this week, uh, if you've been kind of paying attention at all, and even if you've not, let me give you the rundown on what's kind of been going on. So uh, we've talked about Fortnite uh, in the past um, before, and this is a game that is built. Uh, this is by Epic, who also obviously owns the Unreal Engine. Um, and this was a game that's like, uh, how to describe how to describe Fortnite? Um, it's Isn't like a it base like a, building a- survival Third-person combat, uh, co-op, crafting, co-op, online, roguelike. Yeah. I mean, again, I think a lot of you probably know what Fortnite is, but either way, it's a game that released moderately recently, and um, it's it's one I don't, know, I don't know. Like, I haven't really played it. I don't really know anybody that plays it super regularly. I think it's like doing okay. I don't think it's necessarily breaking any records, but well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm Scott, just thinking, it is in early access. And it is an early access. Very true. Very true. Um, but I, I just am telling you about Fortnite because they announced that they are going to be, that they have a battle royale mode and that it's going to be free for everyone on September 26th. So this happened this week. And yeah, that's very weird to me that they would yes. make the battle royale type free, but then mm. the base game still like. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, so. Okay, so you see that, and you're like, okay, it makes sense. Like, maybe there's a slight. You can watch the trailer. It really, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really match the gameplay of what they were kind of going for uh, with mm-hmm. the original theme of Fortnite. You know, I think Brandon described it when we were talking in the pre-show as maybe just a slight pivot towards mm-hmm. something that's extremely popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you again, uh, you can watch the trailer uh, if you just like basically Google it. But, you know, a lot of similarities to any kind of Battle Royale game out there or mode. One of the caveats is, obviously, you can... There's crafting, like, some limited crafting stuff. So, like, you can build, like, uh, bridges mm-hmm. across expanses you couldn't get across. You can build a brick wall to cover yourself. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of right. different, different gameplay opportunities with it to try to put a spin on it. But, um, so, yeah. So, they, so, they're like, hey, let's dip into the Battle Royale thing. Let's build a player base up on that. They said that they're later going to charge for cosmetics, but that they're never going to make it something that... Um, Involves like weapons that you can buy to be better. So I'm not sure okay, if you so mentioned that, this, but the mm-hmm. it's literally called Fortnite Battle Royale. Like yeah. there's no yes, there's they're not yes. not stepping around this at all. That's literally mm-hmm. what it's called. Exactly. Um. So so that happened, and shortly after that was revealed and that came out, um, there was a bit a uh, uh, I would say a PR debacle, um, and mishandling. Uh, over at our boys over at Blue Hole, um, and from a PUBG exec who kind of went on the record and said that the Blue Hole was contemplating farther action over the similarities between Fortnite's Battle Royale free-to-play mode that they were releasing and you know their own game, uh, you know, uh, Battlegrounds. And in the quote, uh, I'll read the quote that really started the the shitstorm. Um, and he basically said. We've also, he says that we've had an ongoing relationship with Epic Games throughout PUBG's development as they are the creators of Unreal Engine 4, the engine we license for the game. After listening to the growing feedback from our community and reviewing the gameplay for ourselves, we are concerned that Fortnite may be replicating the experience for which PUBG is known. So right there, that's, I think, towards the end, the last part of that statement, 
replicating the experience for which PUBG is known. Okay, and this this set the internet ablaze because the internet, more than anything else, loves to be outraged, right? Especially when, and I'm not saying it was unfounded because you look at this quote and you go, okay, they're they're, they're the battle royale game of all time, and they're getting a little butt hurt that people are replicating, wanting to replicate the success. Like they don't own, you know, that game type, right? They ripped off other game types that have existed before. You know, whatever you can you can argue all that stuff, but he then went on to say after that he said we've also noticed that Epic Games reference references PUBG in the promotion of Fortnite to their community and in communications with the press. This was never discussed with us, and we don't feel that it's right. The PUBG community has and continues to provide evidence of many similarities as we contemplate further action. So, kind of you know, kind of a pretty strong statement uh, to come out. And so basically, the response on the internet was basically. I didn't see too much nuanced response. Most of it was like these fucking idiots. Like there's, they're, you know, what are they talking about? They don't own the battle royale game type. Like, and then there was a lot of memeing going on. You know, people were pretty upset. Um, and so before we move on to the next part of the story, what did you guys think when you initially saw uh, this come out with the? Because it was a pretty big thing on Twitter and stuff. Like everyone was talking about it. I don't, I don't think Any Blue thoughts? Hole has much to gain uh, from mm-hmm. like from making a statement about this in the first place. Uh, if anything, they're, they've only drawn more attention to the fact that Fortnite Battle Royale exists. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think even even saying we are concerned that Fortnite may be replicating the experience for which PUBG is known, that, I mean, that's basically just saying you're jealous, right? right. That's, that's yeah. like, mm-hmm. you, cannot, you cannot copyright an experience. Right. Um, you can you could right. like you could try and say that they're copying specific game elements or something and like maybe mm-hmm. that would have some standing but right. replicating the experience for which PUBG is known basically <laughs> yeah, just pretty- says like they're not actually doing anything wrong but we're not super happy about what they're doing um right. which i think i mean i don't know if i don't know if this uh i mean maybe this was like a statement that was translated or something like maybe this was not actually the the exact english that this person said i I don't know um but i just don't i I don't see what they had to gain from making this statement in the first place right because i'm i mean i i think it's very if you're talking about like obviously when people see the phrase uh as we contemplate further action everyone assumes they mean legal action which i think is a fair assumption Mm -hmm. um but like, realistically, I don't think there's any there, there's any chance they would try and take this to court. Like this happens all the time in games where yeah. a game sort of copies elements from a different game, um, but it's very difficult to prove legally that they're like violating you know copyright of the game creators um, unless they're doing something like ripping out art assets or something super blatant. Um, that's mm. why you hardly ever see court cases you know, talking about like copying game elements because it's just not, it's not an easy thing to prove um, in a court of law. So I don't know, all this just to me is like, why would you, why would you promote another game? The only reason, the only reason people are even writing about this is because they can put PUBG in the title. Right, exactly. (laughs) We see, we see a hundred articles about PUBG every week and this is just the latest one. But it's like yep. one that is actually sort of promoting another game in terms of mindshare out there in the community. So I don't know what, what Blue Hole hopes to get out of this, but uh, it seems yeah. it seems like a pretty big misplay on their part, in my opinion. Hmm. I would anybody agree with that. Yeah, anybody? Yang, any thoughts too? No, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's more or less 
the issue here. Um, it, it's dangerous too to make that kind of a statement as well, because when you say things like we're contemplating further action and you give a generic statement like the experience with, for which PUBG is known, really that right. can mean a lot of things. And of course, if you're saying that to a media outlet, they're not going to try to be more specific. So you're basically no, leaving yourself open-ended yeah. to the largest audience possible who wants to be outraged. This is the only outcome that could possibly come from this is when you draw that kind of attention to yourself in a vague manner, people are going to try to find the worst intention in what you're saying. So this is absolutely a misstep. It's like, especially from a, from a PR perspective, um, right. which uh, whenever you want to get into it, the next article is basically a follow-up yes. to that. Well, exactly. The, and other, so, the, the other thing too yeah. is people, I think uh, a lot of people have been, I think somewhat rightfully calling out that it's, it's like kind of, it's kind of rich for, for the creators of PUBG to be talking about someone else copying, you know, an experience for which right. they're known because their game is built on like previous work, right? Previous mods, right. previous other games. And like, right. yes, they, I think they've refined that experience and made it better and built on top of those other games. But right. like they, they, they got started as a mod. Like their, right. that experience right. is built on other experiences. <laughs> so I think it's just, that's why I think the community would react mostly negatively to this because it's sort of like forgetting your own roots that like, yeah, you came from other experiences too. There other, other games were known for an experience that you, you know, that, that some would argue you sort of copied. So it's just, man, yeah, I, I just don't see a positive outcome from this statement. Um, and so I wanted to give myself a little credit here. <laughs> I mean, I, I love doing that whenever I can. But I went on my stream when this went down and I said that I, because there was a couple of people that were saying this, again, they were kind of drowned out. And I, I agree with you that, again, there was basically no upside for them to have this. This was definitely a PR debacle and something that they could have. I said they should have just handled this behind the scenes. There was no need to make some statement to the media about it, like deal with it um, uh, behind the scenes. But I said that I felt that this was 100% to do with the fact that Epic they license Unreal 4 from Epic, and that's what they're talking about. And like that, again, it wasn't very clear in the statement, but that their whole issue is um, uh, that they're working on this engine, they're paying royalties and all this stuff, and now basically the per the people that they license the engine from are becoming, I wouldn't say direct competitor, but I guess you could say direct competitor because it's about a Royale game type to the very you know um, game that they're actually working on. Um, and so again, you can check, check the VOD. I think it was, I don't know, whenever this happened, go back to my, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. Uh, turns out, Hey, look, uh, an article, um, from PC gamer who did an interview with the, um, with the exact to basically kind of, um, figure out like, okay, is there a miscommunication? What was, what was said? And this is the headline here. It's not about the idea itself. It's about Epic games. Hold on guys. Hold on. Can you hear that? <laughs> I'm patting myself on, my, on the back right there. Um, and again, uh, I still think an absolute uh, PR debacle uh, doesn't change any of the stuff. Again, they could have handled this behind the scenes and tried to try to figure it out. But um, basically, they say that there's a couple different things going on, and their concerns are more um, dealing with the fact that they pay royalties already. Um, to Unreal and stuff, and they share information back and forth in regards to um, stuff that that with the gameplay and the UI and all this, and that you know it, they're just a little uncomfortable that Epic basically didn't reach out to them first. I think one thing that keeps coming 
true uh, through, excuse me, in this article is that they feel like this was just kind of like people think that this was sanctioned by them almost and that Fortnite didn't ask them at all about any of it. And they just kind of went forward and they feel, I don't know, I guess betrayed maybe a little bit, but they kind of feel like, hey, they should have at least talked to us and been like, hey, do you think this is cool? Uh, will there be a conflict of interest here, et cetera? So before we get into more of what he said, do you guys think that Fortnite f- did this knowing that it could possibly, because again, Brandon, we were talking about this in the pre-show because you were like, I don't want to give uh, Epic too much credit and that they're like brilliant. And they knew if they did this, then they would get PR because, you know, <laughs> PUBG, Blue Hole would respond and then we would get all this free publicity. I don't think they were playing that level of a game, but is it reasonable to assume that if you license an engine to the biggest game in the world now, and PUBG is the biggest game in the world on PC, online at least, right? We can say that. Uh, that if Steam. you're going to release something uh, that... Not necessarily Steam, the biggest game not, in the world. Not, not in the world, I guess on Steam, okay. That's, that's a good point because we still have like Blizzard, but and League on of Legends Steam, and other games and League. That's true. Well, those are garbage mobas, but yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, no, you're right. Biggest game on Steam. Is it fair to assume that there should have been some communication or do you think that they didn't really have to do anything with that? Because this is a working relationship, right? You want to have a good relationship with a company. I mean, again, the fact that they're paying royalties, I mean, you figure the royalties there must be paying uh, for the amount of millions and millions of dollars they made. Like you want a good working relationship. So I can't figure out this just kind of went wrong. If like Fortnite was like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll just do it and they'll be fine with it. And now they're kind of like, oh, they're super salty. Or if this is more calculated, like, yeah, we're just going to do what we want. And I think it, I mean, really out, um, it's, it's hard to really know, but I could easily see, right. Epic is not a small company. I don't know how large they are, No. but if I had mm-hmm. to guess the people working on Fortnite the teams working on Fortnite are probably a completely different set of people than work on Unreal Engine licensing and development, right? Like yeah. game development mm, and engine sure. development and engine business development and that sort of thing. Those are probably completely different people. And if I had to guess, like they might not even talk to each other. So True. the fact that True. the fact that there that, that Blue Hole is uh, seems to be concerned that there's maybe like this conflict of interest because Unreal right. makes the engine and then they're also now making a game. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that's like I I can sort of see where they're coming from, but like that again, it just sounds like they're upset. Like, what do you mm-hmm. hope to get out of this? I don't think it. Like, no one's gonna no one's gonna be a, like on your side really. Because you knew this going in, like no one forced right. you to use Unreal Engine, so true, I think true. it's I think it's sort of it's just it doesn't necessarily endear them to the community because right. it's like yeah they I mean yeah they make games too right they were making games before you guys existed as a studio they were making Unreal Engine before you existed as a studio and like why are you upset with this now when a engine studio that also make games happens to make mm. your engine and now they're making a game. Um, it, mm. it's just, I'm not, I don't think, I don't think it plays well when they seem to be, they seem to be upset about something that is like, what is your recourse? Like, this is something right. you knew could have, could happen. And realistically, they didn't have, they don't have to tell you about stuff they're doing. So mm. being upset that they didn't tell you, it just, I think that they're upset about something that, yeah, sure. Be upset. But like, why are you making? Why are you making this public? I just don't think it plays well to the public. If totally you're up, agree. If you're upset totally about agree. this, 
by all means, email all you know your your people at Epic Games, right? Like email all the people you know there and be like, right. hey guys, this isn't cool, right? Like we're you know we're making you a lot of money because we use your engine, and then you kind of blindside us with this battle royale mode that seems to be a you know more or less a direct competitor to us. That's not cool at all. Right, send a strongly worded email by all means, but playing this out in public, I just don't think it. I don't think it endears them to the community at all. No, I I, I, I totally agree. Uh, optics are terrible. Let me just give a few more uh, quotes here, and then we can continue to talk about it. Uh, again, this is you can check it out on PC Gamer, but they did a pretty in depth interview, and he said. We're starting to have, this is uh, Kim who made the original comments, we're starting to have concerns that they're going to develop new features or improve something in the engine to support that Battle Royale game, gameplay that they're talking about, Fortnite Battle Royale, and then use it for their own game mode. And he also goes on to say that, you know, they it sounds like they work back and forth to improve the Unreal Engine for this thing. So he said stuff like requiring 100 people in one session and other stuff like that. And he's saying that, like, we've we've worked back and forth to try to figure out the code, and he's saying now take those that stuff that we figured out and help help implement to make our game successful on Unreal 4 and they are going to use it for their own game. And so again, part of me goes is that Oh, Scott, you still there? <laughs> yeah, he's here. What happened? Is he I can I can Scott Scott is uh, Scott is gone for me. Uh well, that's unfortunate. I can hear Scotch is fine. Oh, well, ho- this episode we'll get... brought to you by the Twitch desktop app. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you disappeared from the stream too. We'll get oh, no. Scott back. Hello? There we go. There we go, Scott. All right. Back? Uh, All right. Sorry. Continue. Gotcha. Sorry. They're trying to take, they're trying to Comcast throttling me again. They're working with uh, Blue Hole and Epic and all the other companies <laughs> that are in this. Um, no, so basically what I was saying was, um, I don't know where I cut off, but I was saying that they're basically, he, he made it clear in this that they're working, that they've worked back and forth with Epic uh, to improve the Unreal Engine for like the stuff that they need for their game, and that he's concerned that they're going to take those breakthroughs and they're going to use it on their own game. So I guess the first question is, okay, like Crimea River, like okay, of course they're going to use improvements to the engine that they that they could figure out to probably help sell their engine. And again, I guess the issue, though, is, okay, yeah, they are developing a game that's competitive. Is that just kind of in poor taste to do that? But is that within their rights because they own the engine anyway? Like, where do you, again, I guess it gets into some more kind of, like, gray areas. But does that change anything? Uh, moving it away from this whole conversation in the public sphere is retarded, and they're not going to win any favors with that. But aside from that, it does. It, are these legitimate thing grievances, like, again, behind the scenes where you go, okay, guys, like, w- and he also talks about the fact that you know, they're talking about, because Blue Hole was an indie developer, a pretty small developer, um, and that, you know, they have this game that became a, a huge success, and he's saying that, you know, their, their whole, they try to champion the small developer and want to want them to be successful and um, all this stuff, and it seems like he, again, I, I'm reading between the lines, but it sounds like he's saying that, like, we got successful, and then now they're basically pilfering from us now that we're successful. So, like, he feels... Again, like you said, I, I think I think butt hurts maybe the word I'm looking for. They're definitely a little butt hurt. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, yeah, and that so. is more or less the tone that I'm getting from that because I, I right. don't see any reason why right. Epic Games, a completely separate company, would not be able right. to try their own hand in yes. a genre that is very popular, regardless of their relationship developing sure. an engine that is being used by Bluehole, a completely different company. 
that relationship, exactly. I don't believe in any legal grounds defines the relationship of their own business practices. Right. So I, I, I don't think this holds up in any case. Not to, I mean, not the only way it would have held up is if there was some kind of like non-compete, like if, if Bluehole had the foresight to be like, okay, if during this, if, if we license this engine, like again, I'm sure they weren't in the position of course. I mean, at the time they, they didn't, they didn't have the resources that they have now. Uh, but like, unless, like you said, yeah, unless legally there's something that says, you know, Epic is not allowed to make a game that's a competitor because we're working on the engine with them and right. we basically want it to be proprietary. Like, okay, I can understand that, but it doesn't, I, I, I'm assuming that there wasn't anything done like that. Right. So they probably signed like the, it, you know, the standard developer agreement, um, you right. know, that probably everyone else signs when they want to develop something on Unreal. And, right. and you're, you know, I think you're exactly right. Unless you got something in writing that, that says, you know, Hey, yeah, we won't work on a battle Royale type game because we're, you right. know, we're working really closely with you and we want to be good business partners. Yeah. But like, unless there's something like that, that they haven't shared publicly, um, that, that gives them some grounds for being upset about this, then I, I look at this and I'm just like, yeah, this is business, right? It helps when you own the engine and you want to make games because you get to benefit from you know everyone else wanting to make improvements to the engine because it benefits their games. You get to benefit from that too if you happen to make a game that benefits from it as well. So right. it, it seems like they're upset that like the the that in the in the power dynamics here, like Epic has more power in this situation because what are you going to do? You're going to pull PUBG off of Unreal? No. Right. So like you know they they what are you going to do about it? The answer is nothing. And so Epic is going to Epic is going to benefit as the engine benefits. And yep. if you don't want to make PUBG better, if you don't want to work with Epic to make the engine better, then don't. But that that right. again that hurts their game too. So it's like you get to kind of choose, right? You can be vindictive or you can just deal with it and say, yeah, it kind of sucks that they made a competitor, but you know what? We didn't have to develop our own engine from scratch. So <laughs> True. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good Boom. point. Damn. Hit him yeah. with a little bit of that adulting right there. <laughs> it's like... I mean, the other, the other interesting part of this article is when they, they talked about uh, Epic Games using PUBG in its promotional material. Right. And I, and I thought, I thought, okay, that might have some something, legs. some, some yeah. kind of like, yeah, exactly. And so uh, in the article, it, it talks about, it, it says, oh, it's a video that was posted on their Twitter uh, for the announcement of Fortnite be, uh, Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go onto their Twitter and try to find this, this supposedly, right. this supposed video that uses PUBG to promote Fortnite. Mm. Um, it is maybe 15 seconds into the video where it is an interview with uh, one of the devs at Epic Games who says, here at Epic Games, we are a big fan of Battle Royale style games like PUBG and H1Z1, so we wanted to make our own. That's it. Dang. That's oh. all it says. <laughs> and not only is that not even in a promotional way, that is anecdotal. That is strictly anecdotal mm -hmm. material in an interview. Dang. And that's what they picked on to say, Right. They use our name in a promotion. I mean, it, I guess it's in a promotional video, but strictly speaking, it's anecdotal material. And it not only that, they also mentioned H1Z1, which I'm not sure is Daybreak going to come after them now. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so it's That's, it, it feels sound, like they're it, grasping it, at straws. Right. It's it almost sounds to me like they are they are trying to focus on that as their problem um, when that that wasn't the original tone they had. It was yeah. like a it, it was an also thing in their original right. statement, mm -hmm. 
And now, mm. like, the community has responded and they're clarifying and saying, oh, we actually only care that they used our name, which, like, okay. I, I, think, that's, yeah. uh, I think that's a little too convenient um, when you've had, but like, a follow-up interview and, like, this, is, this clearly is not just about the... They, they literally, like, he's literally talking about the, the fact that it's not just the fact that they used PUBG no, in their promotional right, material. In this interview, point. he talks yeah. about, like, he's concerned with the conflict of interest. Right. So, I mean, just don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, I... The, also, the other thing is, like... So, yeah, again, the, talking about the promotional video again, and then the whole idea that, like, all these people are coming... Like, I think this is the most, this is the most telling. Is that this is the last part. So, they were giving the impression that you guys were on board and were a part of this, and, no, and in no way you were. Which, again, from that Twitter video, like you just described, Yang, I don't see anything that says that... Like yeah. you, you don't get like, oh yes, PUBG sanctioned this because you took an anecdotal clip from an yeah. interview. I think that's pretty. Like flimsy. that is that is super flimsy. And then uh, they say right, and there were players that said, oh, it's cool. Now we get to play PUBG and Fortnite, and there was nothing we could do about it because it was depicted that we were officially involved. And that's there is just zero up. chance that would <laughs> hold up. Like that is so <laughs> flimsy, flimsy. Like don't build your house on that one, uh, folks. Um. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And you're right. They are. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth. So I think it's a mix of, I think they have some legitimate things that they could be upset about, maybe at themselves, for not having a non-compete, not having the foresight. I mean, again, it's impossible to know that your game's going to ever blow up to something like this. I, you know, I don't think anybody could be, um, you know, faulted with being like, okay, like, we hope it's successful. But, you know, you didn't, there was there doesn't seem to be any kind of, like, because they're not, because I think they would have said it by now in this interview. I think they would have said, we have a legal, we have a contract, and they broke yeah. the contract, or they went outside, or they lied to us, or whatever, and oh, the, we don't see any of that. If so any, they don't, they don't have existed, that's, that's what you would lean on, because then the right. community would be on your side. So, so again, I think it's more that they now realize and again, yes, I mean, it's sucky to not be communicated to that they're, the, you know, the company you're licensing your engine from is also working on a Battle Royale game. But also, you could just maybe just assume that that's probably going to happen or it's going to happen down the road from other people that will probably use Unreal 4 and maybe make, who knows, maybe make a competitor. Um, so it is. It's a mix of butthurt and maybe some little, like, gray area of, like, just common decency where they're like, wow, it would have been cool if Epic had communicated that they were doing this. Like, I, I'll even give them that. But I would definitely it's, will it's, not get like it's a relationship thing. Basically, sure. if I'm if I'm over at Epic and I'm and yeah. I'm the you know business development person who works with Unreal Engine licensing, I'm right. probably a little bit upset, you know, because this right. may this may make Bluehole less likely to use Unreal Engine to on share. their next game. Sure. Right. So like Absolutely. you're maybe you're maybe burning a bridge if you're yep. Epic because now now these people are less likely to work with you. But yeah, to, right. to like to insinuate that they should have told us what they were doing before they released this, that's where right. I think it's like, no, they didn't have to do that, but I get that right. you're upset. That's just sure. that stuff happens in business all the time. And that's why yep. like you send an email and you say, Hey guys, if this like this this is not cool and we're not gonna work with you again. And that's like, yeah, sometimes that happens. Right. And like maybe that's not a smart long term play for Epic, but to say that they like did they were completely in the wrong i think that's just it's like not that's just not objectively what happened here from from what yeah. we can see from all from the public evidence here it's like i don't see anything epic really did wrong aside yeah. from maybe make a strategic mistake 
of like you don't it seems silly to to make enemies of blue hole if you could have avoided it but right. I, they seem to they right. presumably think that there's more value in owning their own battle royale style game than there is in the unreal engine licensing revenue of blue holes future games yeah yeah that's uh, that's a good way that's a good way to put it absolutely so I mean, again, and basically you come away at the end of this article going, um, we sent an email and we haven't heard back yet. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the end of the interview. The is, the article. It's literally the end of the article. It's like, yeah, well, it's also the weekend of... It's like, it literally is watching, like you said, the, Brandon, the relationship between these two companies play out in the media for our entertainment. I mean, it's not going to affect, you know, whatever. I'm still going to play PUBG. I, I don't care. But it just gives fodder for all the trolls and people. And again, legitimate people being like this is just stupid like what like why are you guys doing this doing this publicly you're not going to gain any sympathy deal with it behind the scenes be adults talk it out um the irony but it's just like we have a, we have a her back from from epic i hope they get, it's like the, what do we need another <laughs> studio to come in do you want to send it to valve to send to epic like hey you know you kind of hurt our feelings here you know i don't know it's just scott, it does seem scott childish. i can't i i cannot like i know you appreciate this irony as much as i do yes. Yes. But the fact that they they're up, like they were upset about the usage of their of their name in a promotional video, right. but now because of this dispute, you have right. the you have the name Fortnite Battle Royale in headlines on gaming Everywhere. websites. Everywhere. How totally. how much like how much more credence could you give to this game? How much more <laughs> legitimacy could you give it by like having statements and interviews? Where the title of this game is it's so crazy. prominent, crazy. You have given it's, more official endorsement because of the response, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like even if it does come down to like the person working with marketing or whatever, like where you go, okay, like we, sh you know, maybe we'll lose them for the next game. But oh my god, on one level, there are so <laughs> many more people who, first of all, didn't know anything about Fortnite at all. Just the fact that Fortnite is even in the title, of course, and then like you said, now you have the battle royale. Uh, there have to be millions of people by now just on Twitter who are like clicking through and they're like, okay, what is this? What is this tweet? Yeah. Uh, what is this meme you go through? And it's like, I think it's going to massively expand the player base. People will be like, oh, it's free to play. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I totally I never would have watched that uh, the promotional video <laughs> for the article. I literally just watched their announcement video and thought, well, that looks okay. <laughs> totally. That's so. Yeah, no, the irony is just oh, it's amazing. So good. Um, so there you go. So that has been the PUBG news section. We're going to jump. We got a, a bunch more quick hits we're going to get to here, and then we're going to get to the new releases. But um, we got, we got yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. But those were the that was the only real news this week. That was the that was the real news. <laughs> yeah. So um, the next one is for quick hits. The first one. Uh, so Rainbow Six Siege, um, a game that I do enjoy from time to time, is switching to CS:GO style recoil patterns, which I thought. Um, hmm. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, you would put this into the doc because you had seen yes. it, and um, it's kind of so. So far, I'd, I at least at the time that this was um, announced or like discovered, um, there hadn't been too much activity uh, within the community about it. Some some kind of back and forth, but um, basically, uh, the way that uh, the recoil and stuff worked in the past, um, you know, uh, they were not happy with it. So. They explain the problem that they encountered and what they're trying to do to fix it. So the dev said, the gun you are holding uh, in Rainbow Six is rendered at a fixed 50 FOV, 
but the world is rendered at a 60 FOV for consoles and anywhere from 60 to 90 on PC. Uh, Ubisoft explains. So because of this, any amount of movement we do with first-person visuals off the center of the camera will immediately cause alignment issues with the weapon. So mm. this was this was the issue that they that they were struggling with, and they said uh, this turned out to be a bigger problem than you might think. Basically, removing the offset eliminated a lot of the recoil effect and made weapons too easy to use, which then uh, led them to want to tweak the recoil of all the weapons. But then that led to another problem with the existing recoil system because it established basically one pattern definition, um, which left us with a system that is still very uh, pretty much an RNG, a random number generator dependent system that pulled hard on the camera and made the weapons feel erratic or unpredictable. So now they have something called multi-stage recoil uh, mm. for, for the recoil. And it basically, it define, um, it lets them define unlimited recoil data sets at any point during full auto firing. So for example, they save the engine for the second bullet, use this recoil data set, and for the third bullet, use this other data set, et cetera. So that way we can say every where every bullet goes in relation. That way we can see where every bullet goes in relation to the previous one. So love a good again, multi-stage is, data set. Gotta dude, say the that. classic. <laughs> That's you know what? There you go. So they basically to keep the learning curve manageable. They're saying they basically divided recoil patterns into for each individual weapon type. Um, so basically, like the AUG Type eighty nine, all those are weapons that are together. So you can learn the patterns for those guns. Then you move on to something like an SMG, et cetera, vector, like a vector or, um, and those kind of, uh, rounds is a different kind of recoil pattern. So I don't know, again, I'm not like super in rainbow six. I enjoy playing it from time to time. Um, but people are kind of, uh, judging from this article. Um, people are kind of still feeling it out and not sure how they feel about it. Do you have any, any, do you guys have any thoughts about recoil in general? I thought this was just interesting because, Depending on what you know, what game you play. Like, obviously, I'm a big Counter Strike proponent. So, I mean, once you learn the recoil patterns in Counter Strike, um, at least in past games, before there was the the you know, kind of some of the more RNG stuff that they try to introduce yeah. in the newer game, um, you know, it was a little bit different. But you know, Yangani, what do you think? And have you well, tested any of this out? Yeah, I found this interesting only because of the community response and specifically the people mm-hmm. who are very vocal about um, yes. not enjoying this change for a couple of reasons. Um, to a point where actually PC Gamer has conveniently linked uh, the, mm-hmm. one of the Reddit comments that they, ah. uh, that they cycled to. And I, and I wanted, this is what I wanted to discuss more than anything because this, this right. post seemed to have uh, gained a bit of traction and had a lot of people agree with it. Um, and there was one sentence in it that really caught my eye more than anything. So I, I was looking at this in the context that, of course, um, Ubisoft still wants this game to be competitive. That is the whole point of it. I, I, at least that's why that's the only reason I can think of them really wanting to introduce these changes. Um, sure. You don't make a change like this unless you actually want there to be some kind of a consistent skill ceiling. And um, while I'm sure it's going to improve like the, the player experience, or ideally it would, uh, mm. This is overall a game that if you try to follow up on any reasons that they make any changes, this tends to be a game that they want to be competitive. So overhauling a core mechanic like this is why I thought this was interesting. Mm. This, uh, this one particular comment, uh, see if I can find it here. Uh, it says, uh, once you, uh, when you once had to tap slash burst fire at long range with fixed recoil, mm. you can now spray. This is actually a big issue in CSGO. <laughs> Even at long range, people will spray down because the recoil patterns are known and easy to use. I mean, 
Hmm. I, I'm not a very good Counter-Strike player, but I know my way around the game. I don't know that I have ever heard anyone say that spray patterns in CSGO are a huge issue and easy to use. No, absolutely Especially not. Especially for how competitive Counter-Strike is. So yes. this, to me, that, that alone almost validated this person's paragraph they wrote because this sounds like them <laughs> trying to find reasons to say change is scary. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because yeah. this this implies to me that they do not know how Counter Strike works. Right. Because, um, like, yes, it is true. To some degree, you can spray at medium to long ranges if you really know what you're doing. But yep. you, you're talking about professional level play where people are controlling a spray at a very impressive rate. Right. Um, and even then, it is still not recommended to spray. <laughs> Most people will say just. Control your movement and tap, fire, short burst. Spray is sort of one of those panic things that you do. A lot of people criticize pros for not having the discipline to burst instead of spray, regardless of how well they know the spray patterns. So what, what concerns me is that this, this entire response so far has addressed the idea of the way that spraying works in a, on a theory basis in Counter-Strike, right. but hasn't taken into account how different the movement is in Rainbow Six Siege as well. That's true. That's uh, true. Movement is so I mean, different. in Counter-Strike, I, I know it's not as crisp as in previous Counter-Strikes, but for the most part, you can stop pretty quickly and you can counter-strafe. Oh, yeah. The way yeah. You, can, you have a really good idea of how your character moves across the map, whereas Rainbow Six has such a different movement, uh, movement system yeah. that I don't think this is going to be something people can really comment on until it's implemented. Mm. I mean, I don't even know if I, I would... Um, I, I, they don't say it in the article, but... Is there more inaccuracy while you're running? Mm. Does the spray pattern change? I don't know. Uh, how does this work in terms of like how many are, sorry, what is the advantage to certain guns spraying versus ones that are bursting? Maybe ones will have a very large disadvantage the same way that CSGO works. What was, I just, this is why I was saying I'm more so focusing on the community response because there's so much about this change that I don't think we'll actually figure out how it works until it's in the game. And so all of the negative response to me, especially when they say they make comments about Counter-Strike and the way that it's used from a competitive setting, makes it sound like to me they're just saying change is scary and I'm, I'm just trying to find things to criticize this with. Can I, can I just really, you want to talk about totally people uninformed on fucking Counter-Strike? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I'm, I'm scrolling down in the comments because I was like, I want to hear people talk again using Counter-Strike as an example where... Like the way that you read this is that they, it's like everybody in Counter Strike just holds down left mouse click for 30 rounds <laughs> with every gun. This guy goes, In R6 right now, burst firing is important, especially at long ranges and especially with certain operators like Buck. The choice between tapping, bursting, and spraying should be an actual choice with real consequences. Predictable recoil completely removes this, as is clearly evidenced by the complete lack of burst firing in CSGO. <laughs> What? What? That Even at wrong? professional, which is so wrong because oh you God. do it all the time. Even at professional level, tapping and bursting are so useless that oh. the only, listen to this, that the only pro that does it, Scream, has been panned <laughs> by other pros and left what? out of higher level teams. What? Just describe Counter-Strike uh, 100% was uh, essentially... That nobody ever burst or taps, and that everyone's yeah, like like you said, yeah, just holding down thirty bullets or just got. The what's in <laughs> What's interesting about this too is that 
as someone who mostly plays Counter-Strike and went to R6 Siege for a little bit, I think I had been running sprayed in R6 way more than I have ever been running sprayed in Counter-Strike. <laughs> so this, this is why I say this comes to, off to me as someone who's going, change is scary, I don't want this. And, and because there's so, I mean, it could be implemented in the game and it might not be good. Like, that is a very real possibility sure. for a lot of different reasons. But I don't know that you can look at Counter-Strike and be like, no. they just run around spraying 30 bullets because everything's very easy to get. I mean, some of the most popular posts that ever come up on Counter-Strike is people just not being able to spray. Exactly. At, even at professional levels. Like, you know what I'm realizing? This is just getting me upset because this is like some bitter <laughs> Rainbow Six nerds mad at how competitive and great Counter-Strike is. You know what? It really does kind of like... Yeah. And the, like they they really want their game to be like accepted or like this, but but it's it's like again, uh, boys, you're still the amateur. I mean, again, I'm not saying Rainbow Six isn't fun to watch and play, but it doesn't have anything on CS:GO as far as like skill set. And there's so much BS in that game as far as like with the operators, and it's really tough to balance because there's so much going on. I'm not saying they don't try, but yeah, like you said, Yang, even to just try to argue that like uh, it's more skillful. It's like, I've been killed far more times by people just full sprinting in, in rainbow and even gotten kills myself like that. Where oh, I'm just yeah, running. I'm like, what the fuck? Ever gotten kills. I just killed somebody full sprint. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. I don't know. So, so the, it's interesting to right. me that they have an argument for the skill ceiling when they say that, uh, Oh, the, you should only be able to tap and burst. <laughs> it's so and it's stupid. like, I, I think the majority of counter-strike players do want that. to tap and burst because yeah. it is so much just by that's not even like a, a preference that is how recoil works in counter-strike that exactly. you are far better off setting off two or three shots and waiting for the recoil to reset yeah and so it, it's it's i'm it's interesting i'm going to be very interested in when this update hits how yeah. they're gonna because like who knows they may have already been so jaded towards True. these changes before they're even implemented that there's going to be fallout regardless yeah. um having said that we are also picking on the post of literally one person. So, True. Mm -hmm. um, well, two, because I, I read the comments well, on PC Gamers. So that, was, that was the second one. Um, but the, at least from the, uh, at least from the, uh, the objective of this article, it makes it sound like while the community is not quite sure, most people are not very welcoming of it. Um, especially, which is interesting because the whole point of the update is to remove RNG from the spray. They, they are the actually actual, the actual what's dev blog. overall supposed to be a more accurate system. The actual dev blog, uh, I I think, is pretty detailed. Like it's kind of an interesting. <laughs> it's it's more uh, transparent than you typically get from games like this, where they describe what the recoil pattern was like before, and like basically the first you know the first shot is on target, and then it chooses within like it chooses a random point within a diamond to find the next shot and then another ra like random diamond on top of that shot for so like they basically say you know there's an rng system behind the current system um but be because of the way it worked with the fov and stuff that the bullets right. didn't always land exactly where the reticle was and like that's a pretty big problem that's a huge problem for a yeah. game that wants to be built as competitive um so it's i actually found the, the dev blog you know kind of interesting like whether you agree with the changes or not They've pretty clearly stated the problem they're trying to fix here, which I think is a pretty, you know, a pretty high priority for a game that wants to be competitive. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens once uh, once the changes hit and uh, if the baby rage will continue. And again, like you said, it could it could end up. You know, maybe it doesn't end up working out. Maybe they don't yeah, succeed I mean, with what they want to. But 
it's so. going to be, I think the key point is going to be how does the system interact with the movement in, in, uh, in Rainbow Six Siege? I think that's probably going to be the biggest dynamic that is going to define how well this update is received. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right, there you go. That's the first one. We're going to power through these next four here pretty quick because uh, it's already getting late. And Katie's got a eight. He got a seven. He's got to get up at seven. He's got to shower, put on his anime shirt, and then of course yeah, get to uh, get to uh, his uh, jury duty. Um, first one here. Uh, uh, oh, we're, we're, yes, Palmer. We have to talk about this real fast. Okay, so Palmer Lucky. Okay, may basically you know responsible for the Oculus. He wants to make VR porn hardware with an industrial industrial robotic arm. <laughs> okay, and I don't really have to say much more other than he uh, says in this article he was recently at the AVRS Hentai VR pool party and he was dressed uh, in uh, some waifu cosplay and um, he talked enthousi enthusiastically about VR porn and all he hopes to do with it, including experimenting with giant robotic peripherals. And he said that he kind of annoyed with major VR companies pretending that adult VR doesn't exist. He called out Facebook and Valve and said that like these dudes essentially love VR porn, but then uh, to the public act like they don't. Uh, and he says that this is going to be a, a major pusher for getting the technology out there, which we've talked about many, many times. So, uh, yeah, you can... Uh, and I'll read the last part of the article. If anyone knows a good place to put a very expensive large ro robot arm for adult VR developers to borrow and experiment with to make their toys, send me a message so I can think about it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Basically, this is the is most 2017 people. article I've seen all year. Right, right. And, I, and I'm with him though. I'm like honestly, like as as eccentric as he is, and kind of out there. Like I totally agree. I think VR. I think porn's going to push the VR stuff. I think toys along with it. Like, dude. I mean, again, sex sells in all all areas of life, and you know we've got more um, repressed virgins out there than we've ever had in the entire history of humanity. <laughs> just due to technology and not having to really interact with people if you like you can be as hermit as you want to be so uh i i really i'm I'm with him man like let's get the toys out let's get all the you know what like i think in 20 years like if you're not actually having sex with some kind of robot and you're actually having sex with a human people are gonna be like what what's what are you doing dude we you're so weird you're a weirdo i mean again maybe not 20 years but like it's <laughs> i i fear for what what is coming and i also kind of you know welcome it i don't know i i it's a mix i'm a little bit scared and i'm also kind of interested so we'll see what uh, ends up happening with that um and let's see uh, did you guys have anything to add to that real quick no i think that's i did cool. not <laughs> okay i cannot I'm add any more to... than the title of the article already does <laughs> <laughs> all right uh real quick ddr5 memory is twice as fast as ddr4 and that's slated for release in 2019 didn't DDR4 come out not that long ago? And now we're Yeah, DDR5. it's funny because like DDR4 is still, I mean, a lot of people are still running DDR3 in their machines. So for DDR5 to already be on the horizon, I mean, I guess it's good. Like if it's twice as fast as DDR4, that sounds awesome. Um, oh, yeah. But it seems yeah. like a lot of people will probably just skip DDR4 entirely if DDR5 is, you know, is really only like two, I guess, less than two years away. Mm. Right. Yeah, so there you go. Look forward to it in 2019. You can have uh, 16 uh, V-Sync, or not, uh, not V-Sync, G-Sync monitors like Brandon has. Um, <laughs> you know, 27-inch, you can have, you know, uh, 64 gigs of DDR5 in your computer while getting jerked off with the Palmer Lucky robot <laughs> hand. Like, that is that is the possible future. Yeah, the future is you can find somewhere so to put it. Yeah, the future is looking better and better all the time. All right, Call of Duty 2, World, Call of Duty World War II PC open beta. 
boys. It's going to be September 29th through October 2nd. Uh, the open beta, I'm ex- I'm excited. I'm going to be playing a shit ton of it. I know yeah, Katie is. I don't know if Ying are going to be playing too. Uh, I we're going to be absolutely. getting it. So looking forward, looking forward to that. Again, uh, I think a lot of us are excited to just play a boots on the ground. <laughs> Call of Duty uh, without all the jetpacks and fanfare. And again, I'm, I'm not. I don't. It doesn't need to be like you, Katie said. You then you said you wanted it to be a really good Call of Duty. I don't even care if it's really good. I'm just down to play a mindless. You know, like you said, and you said Yang. Generally, they're somewhat competent. Where, like again, there'll be annoying stuff and stuff that's overpowered that they'll try to have to balance and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's fun to just run in, run around with your, you know, with your boys and just shoot stuff. Like it's good, right? So, yeah, just going anyway. off of what I've seen, like so far, it looks like the only. Things to be worried about, or like the the flamethrower might be too good, but it's like a kill streak. It's not like an actual weapon. And then uh, the SMGs. It's looking like it's going to be an SMG heavy game purely because of the map design. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, You know, it's beta, so things can definitely change. KD, there's never been an overpowered kill streak in a Call of Duty game. (laughs) That's right. What are you worried about? Right. Never. Uh, Silly me. Um, and then finally, real quick for the quick hits, we had a lot of. I ended up having a lot of news today. Super Nintendo Classic is launching this Friday, September nineteenth. So good luck getting one. <laughs> yeah. If, if, unless you're either camping out or already have it ordered, because uh, again, these things are gonna. I think they're gonna just fly off the shelves. Pretty we'll sure they're already all spoken for. <laughs> probably, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, if you haven't done it by now, <laughs> probably there's no point in me telling you this. But there you go. So. Um, that's it. That does it for the quick hits. Katie's then take away the new releases. All right, here we go. So first up is a game called Ruiner, which is uh, first game from Raycon Games. It's being published by Devolver Digital, so they usually publish some good stuff. It looks like a very stylish cyberpunk top-down action shooter. Uh, I, I didn't add this one, so I don't know if someone else wants to. Uh... Yeah, I, I saw um, yeah. this game was at PAX. Uh, several weeks ago and I saw a little bit of it and it, it did remind me a bit of like that uh, kind of hotline Miami aesthetic, but it's not, it's not like a sort of 2d thing right overhead. It's got, mm-hmm. it's like 3d and it's uh it's a little more of, I guess, kind of a Diablo camera angle. Oh. Um, but it, I mean, it, it just looked really interesting. Uh, it had a really cool art style and like looked super fast paced and, you know, Devolver has a pretty good, I think pretty good reputation for uh, for some of their titles. So oh, it looks yeah. like a pretty cool game, and it's twenty bucks. You know, like it, it definitely seems like the kind of game that if you enjoy a Hotline Miami type uh, type experience, this seemed like a kind of a different take on. Um, it it kind of scratches that same itch, I think. Yeah, I can see Hotline Miami for sure. I can kind of see a little bit of uh, like a transistor vibe going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that, that is definitely going on the wish list for sure. That looks fun. Uh, but yeah, comes out September 26th for 19.99. Next up is a game I'm personally very excited for. We're finally getting the next game from the team behind Torchlight 1 and 2. And it's actually going to be a single-player adventure called Hob. This was announced a while ago, and it's finally coming out on September 26th. It's a action-adventure game, single-player uh, yeah, it looks like a pretty stylish action game. Looks like a primarily sword combat with some like magic thrown in there, and the art style just looks beautiful. Looks like a lot of puzzles that involve like tinkering, messing with the world around you. Yeah, it looks like. I mean, 
the Torchlight devs of Runic Games, they've really, you know, they've proved themselves in the past. So I'm pretty confident they'll make a, a polished and fun game. But a uh, little departure from what they're known for. Not a Diablo clone anymore. But uh, yeah, that comes out the 26th. It's going to be 20 bucks, but if you pre-order it, you'll get it for 10% off. And uh, they're also doing a Runic Games bundle. This is actually pretty sick. You get Torchlight 1, Torchlight 2, and Hob for only $24.91 right now. That's a good That deal. is a sexy Dang. deal right there. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, Not pick bad. that up. Torchlight 1 and 2, fantastic games. And uh, yeah, next up is Total War Warhammer 2. Is this a crossover game? I feel like Warhammer is Warhammer Total Total War is or, or is that something? No, Warhammer oh. is. Uh, I I I usually hear about it in the context of a board game and other kinds of fantasy set. Yeah, like um, Space but, Marine. Or... Yeah, but Total War has has been working with them to create a, a, a Total War style game set in the Warhammer universe. Okay. Mm, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, someone else want to take this one. I'm not really familiar with uh, either. Studios. I mean, I just put Let's it in see. because like it is. I feel like the Warhammer games, you never know what you're getting. Like this, we had a Warhammer game come out earlier this year, and there's another one coming out. And this time it's got the Total War name on it. So I guess it's like an RTS kind of thing. Yeah, um, well, if you're unfamiliar with um, with the Total War games, I mean, they're they're mostly known for like uh, Total War Shogun, Total War Rome. Uh, this is an old old series that goes back yeah, um, yeah. for quite a while. Um, yeah, they. I actually own Total War Warhammer, the first one they did, um, mm. and it is very good. So I, I, from what I've heard, at least people who have gotten their hands on this game a little bit, is that it's just basically the first game that they put together, and it's quite a bit more refined. Um, it's. I mean, Total War games now, they've sort of deviated from, uh, from any kind of a competitive aspect, which they tried to do with some of their, um, with some of their games maybe five, five to eight years ago, I'd say. They tried to make their games a little competitive, but now it's just, it's basically, um, I don't know what to call it. It's basically just like a large-scale army battle porn. Like it's, <laughs> it's, they, just, yeah. they just try to throw thousands of units at each other in this big epic-scale battle, and they do an excellent job of it. Um, so Warhammer is, uh, was just sort of their next choice. They usually, for a while, they've been, um, bouncing between historical eras, uh, you know, uh, Sengoku Japan, uh, they did Rome, they did, uh, uh, industrial, or no, I don't think the industrial, but, uh, sort of like line infantry, uh, Europe, the, the American revolution. So now they've just totally gone overboard and just went for the finally just went to the fantasy route. Um, but yeah, this is pretty heavily anticipated from people who follow the Total War series. Yes. All right. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah. I remember that last one you were talking about. It came out like a few months ago that it looked really good, but it got a lot of negative reviews, which is pretty, pretty sad. Now, yeah, I mean, this one, fun. this one's 60 bucks. So I feel mm-hmm. like it's, uh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure for fans of the series, like that's probably not a big deal, but it kind of seems like a, it seems like a steep price of entry for someone that's not already kind of yeah. invested in this universe. Right. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So yeah, I look forward to that. I can't believe I almost missed this one. Uh, say, so, what, what yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going off with the tabs. Put this I on here just for you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, <laughs> my, my good friend. Thank you. Uh, Rampa V3 Killing Harmony. Long-awaited third entry in the amazing Rampa series. Looking at this game, Rampa 2 came out in 2012 on the PSP. Hmm. 
So looking at this game and going back to Duncan Rampa 2, which 1 and 2 are both on Steam, they're both fantastic games. Mm. And uh, yeah, the, the visual jump here is incredible. I love it. So if you don't, I'll give you the quick rundown. Duncan Rampa is like a visual novel, st- like turn, uh, you know, murder mystery solving thing where a bunch of high school kids are trapped in a, it's very anime. That mm. is, let's get that out of the way. It's a very anime game, but... Uh, basically 16 people are trapped uh, with pretty much an endless supply of food and water and uh, you know they're unable to leave. The only way they can get out is by killing someone and if they kill someone and get away with it, then everybody but them dies and they leave but if they kill someone and get found out then hmm. only they die. Everybody lives and so the story will go on it's usually six chapters long uh, people will kill you gotta try and find out who you know uh, you know, self the mysteries and where the game really picks up is when the, the game goes from, you know, just talking around like normal visual novel stuff into the, the class trials where things start getting, you know, people will start just straight up talking without interruption and you have to look for <laughs> contradictions in what they're saying and fire evidence as the bullets at their contradictions. It's a really fun game. I think it's actually a pretty fun stream game. You know, if you're, <laughs> into it just please god if you play this and don't when you hear this don't think oh he's a weeb he'll of course say this listen uh, dude <laughs> you cannot yeah. you cannot play this in english voices oh boy if you play okay. this with english voices on i will i will disown you wow it's okay. some of the worst voice acting is terrible play it in japanese gotcha yeah, I'm very excited for that. But oh my god I gotta get cop I got Don Grappa 2 to play I've got the side game I've got the anime to watch I don't know man and don't forget, you got one more, dude. This yes, game is very high anticip- highly anticipated. Oh, yeah. We never Beautiful. thought it would come out. Never thought I'd see the day. Cuphead mm-hmm. on Steam. Mm-hmm. Yes. Out September 20. It looks so good. Just visually. It does. Oh, man. So beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's been in development for a while. We've yep. seen constantly, countless gifts of the incredible detail and animation put into yep. this game. Unfortunately, only local co-op, no online co-op. That mm. is, that is an instant flaccid moment, right there. Yeah, that's unfortunate, like, man. It sucks. That's there's no online. Yeah, but yeah, but. still good, good co-op game. It looks really, looks like game of the year material. I'll be honest. I don't and think I've ever bucks. seen. A, I don't think I've ever seen a game yeah. capture the old style cartoon aesthetic as perfectly. Yeah. Like it yes. actually oh, yeah. looks like you're playing an old cartoon. Yep. Like even 100%. the way the background looks kind of faded and oh, it's per- yeah. it's beautiful. Crazy. Did a great job. That looks beautiful. Like, so. Yeah, September yeah. 29th. Twenty bucks. Yeah, there it is. If you get that, and what's sure to be a great soundtrack. If you get the deluxe edition, you can get for ten percent off for basically seven bucks more for that soundtrack. Which uh, yeah. And if you are worried that your PC won't be able to run this game, <laughs> want to make sure that you've got two gigabytes of RAM, and you've got to have a PC beefy enough to be packing a GeForce oh. 9600 GT. <laughs> oh. Now I know that at those words, your hat has been blown off of your head, your socks off of your body. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this game looks awesome. Can't wait. Definitely. All right. Well, there we go. There are the new releases for this week, and um, it's a pretty yeah, it's banging a week. It's been a banging week. Yeah. Some oh really yeah. Good, some bangers in there. Good stuff. Um, so we're going to jump into the viewer question. I say question because we've only got one, but it's a doozy. So it might take us a, a minute. But uh, for March and an email said, "Nuke start flying." 
which again, uh, as we continue to deal with North Korea, I, I, I wouldn't uh, be surprised. You're evacuating, but can only take what you can hold in a backpack. What items that are in your house right now do you take? Ooh. So you get the size um, of a backpack. Man. Hmm. Question. So I think I definitely throw, like, I have some trail mix downstairs. I think I okay. just throw, <laughs> like, you throw, because if it nukes start flying, that means one's in the air. I'm thinking, like, first thing, I want to just pack some some food and probably some drinks. Like, some, you know, right. water from the fridge and some stuff. I don't know. Other than that, mm -hmm. like, I guess, I guess, like, the laptop, like, the laptop's already my backpack. Mm. So... Mm. If if I'm if I'm trying to be as speedy as possible, I'm I'm just basically leaving the stuff that's in my backpack, which is like a backup battery for my phone, you know, some stuff like just tech stuff, and then I'm just filling it with I guess food and water. Yeah, I mean that's definitely food and water is definitely the most practical. I I own multiple packets from the baker bucket I bought uh, <laughs> moderately recently. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be taking any of them because they require a full kitchen to really uh, make the recipes. So uh, I actually won't be. Um, man, trail mix is a good, is a good kind of can last a while and be pretty strong. Um, I mean, you say you take the laptop, but again, like I'm thinking with nuclear, like I'm not thinking you're going to have access I mean, you can have a battery pack to charge it. I'm not thinking you're going to have electricity all that easily. So yeah, but I'm just thinking. Just gonna... I'm just thinking. You know, like you've got. I don't know. You've got Excel. You've got like you could just you could do stuff offline that might still be important. True. True. Good point. Good point. And I mean, if we um, can get if we can get somewhere where there is internet, right? Somewhere that hasn't been nuked, then you know, then now, well, and also maybe it's a, it's a bargaining chip. If no one else has their mm -hmm. PC. Right then, like I'm then I'm basically God. Good point. That's actually a really good point. <laughs> if we have to rebuild society, who better yeah. who better to lead the new yeah. society than the, the sole, one person? The sole laptop left in the entire world, Brandon owns, and he's he's got the razor blade stealth. He is our new president. <laughs> That's a good point. I I would say depending on um, how things go, um, you're gonna want to bring a bottle of lube because. If everything is truly devastated, you're going to do a lot of jacking off, and chafing <laughs> is 100% a possibility. True. So you're going to want to bring something that at least, or, you know, some kind of moistening lotion, just something to make sure that you treat your hog properly. Um, oh, yeah. So that's just a practical thing. Um, Those are things you just don't really consider until they happen no. to you. Until you, yeah. until they happen, and you're like, dude, like I'm, I'm like I'm so bored. I've been held out in this shelter I found for literally three weeks, and the only thing that entertains me is is jacking off. But I'm chafing. It's like, well, I was nope, gonna say, I think, I think, I I don't know what, uh, you know, what nuclear reaction does to the skin, but I imagine it it may make it quite dry. So if you if you go True. for lotion, then you got dual yes. action. Yes, Nova's point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so yeah, lotion. Yeah, lotion would definitely be good. Leave the lube at home, but by all means, stock yeah. up on lotion. There you go. Um, these are, see, else? I think these are important distinctions. If you if nukes are flying, yeah, right. if you accidentally bring the lube, you're going to be sad that you didn't think about the lotion instead. You've got to think of things that can serve multiple purposes. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. It's got to be dual purpose. The good thing we had this conversation before you were actually That's right, it. before <laughs> that North Korean nuke actually uh, hits Pennsylvania. It's good that... Because the, the, all of a sudden, you know, your hands, your hands are going to be cracking, 
and you're gonna have lube sitting next to you, <laughs> and you're be like, oh, no, I could have. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Uh, Ying, what about you? Any uh, any thoughts and stuff you'd bring? Um, I don't think. I, I mean, I, I'm thinking. I, I live in a relatively small place, so I'm thinking mm-hmm. I could probably get at least all the canned food and uh, like the bag of rice I have in this cupboard into the backpack. Okay. But I think I think so. I, I'm nothing special. Maybe on some bottled water. But I think I I mean I played PUBG. So I think I'm also mm. going to grab a frying pan because I know that's going to save my life at some <laughs> point. That's smart. That's smart. Uh, Not a bad idea. Again, multiple purposes. Yep. You can yeah. cook over an open flame yeah. and you can kill someone to death. Someone, yeah. use it or as a protection. Or protect my booty from a bullet. That's yeah, true. Exactly. Put on your, you know? um, Katie, thoughts on things you'd bring? You know, I wish I had something more interesting to say than all the food I can grab, all the water I can grab, and 3DS, all my games, you know, something to play mobily. I knew I would stock up on these games for something. <laughs> Boom. I thought you were going to say, like, something in regards to, like, your Sonic body pillow or something. But I was going to say, like, actually, Scott, that be folded? you take the body pillow of yourself. No, I really should myself. be <laughs> Really should be getting to bed soon. Let's just announce mm. uh, <laughs> no, But yeah, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I'd probably see if I can fit my dog KD, into a backpack. KD would just look. This, KD would be like, "This is this is the best excuse I've ever had to get through these single player games I haven't finished." That's right. Yes. Absolutely. Actually, I think about. Katie's like, I don't have to jury, go to jury duty tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the first thing I'm doing if I'm not in jury duty, hitting up that uh, Half Life One. There you go. <laughs> that um, yeah. I really right. hope I do not get nuked. I would just like to end with that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think any of us want to get nuked. Way things are going. I, mean, I would like to also echo Katie's sentiment that I prefer not to be nuked. But <laughs> really I really not that. like to get nuked. Yeah, I prefer no. that too. But who knows? We're laughing about it now, but, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens, dude. Stay, you know, you got a uh, president openly uh, threatening murder on North Korean leaders. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so that's great. Um, so this would be the next part of the show where we would read the iTunes podcast review of the week, but you could get, you guessed it right. We don't have one because people are slacking. So if you would like to leave a review for us, you can go to iTunes. Um, just look for KB mod be logged into your account, find KB mod, rate us five stars. That is the one requirement for leaving a review. And then write us a love letter, write us something, uh, write us uh, a limerick, write us, a question. It can be a lot of different things. You can put almost anything in the body of the review. You just got to rate us five stars. So uh, we haven't had too many entries the past couple of weeks. So if you write something moderately good, the chances are, or even terrible, you might you might get on next week. I don't know. I, I don't want to promise anything, but so go ahead and do that um, if you would like to possibly be featured on the show. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think uh, the site's been a little bit quiet. We haven't had too much in the way of content the past couple of weeks, but you can always, of course, always use the multi-stream link. Check out the moderately updated build guys that Brandon did not too long ago. Um, and I'm sure there'll be some content um, coming on the site uh, pretty soon. That site loves to be come on, let me tell you. So probably stuff will be coming. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, you can follow KBMod Gaming on Twitter, at KBMod Gaming. Um, Katie Zen is at Katie Zen underscore Katie, I remembered. There we Nailed go. It. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yingity Yang is at Yingity Yang. Brandon is at Volition, V-O-L-1-T-I-O-N. And I am, of course, at APL Fisher on Twitter and Live Jasmine. You can also find me on Twitch. 
And thank you guys so much for listening. It's, it's been a good one. Lots of good discussion. And we'll see you next week for episode 295. Farewell. Yatta!